All right, guys, we are live. Welcome to Tone Talk. Mark Uzanski and Dave Friedman. How's it going? We've got uh, Joe Morgan from Morgan Amps. Dave, how are you? Peachy Keen. Oh, look at that. I'm dropping stuff left and right here. He's dropping his phone. Uh Uh-oh. I'm dropping my phone. (laughs) All right. So uh, thanks for joining us, Joe. Oh, my pleasure. <laughs> Interrupting my game time, but whatever. That's what I was saying. I know. Well, and what were you playing? At? <laughs> what game were you playing just now? Uh, it's called The Division. I, uh, I was blessed enough that the uh, uh, game's been out for a little more than a year, and I've got a couple of minutes in it. Uh, so they invited me to come to the studios in um, – in England to play the next year's content. So they flew me out to uh, Newcastle and put me up for a week. And um, I got to play a bunch of the new stuff that's coming for the game. So I was pretty excited about that. So that's, that's the geek in me, my 14 year old self being able to live vicariously through myself, which is great. That is cool. That's something completely outside of music. Yeah, you know, and there's a lot of math in this game, which is one of the things that like kind of drew me to it. There's, I need, I like to solve puzzles, and so it scratched an itch for me that guitar amps used to, where that used to be my hobby and used to be the thing that would occupy my brain time, mm-hmm. and now it's all about killing people. <laughs> <laughs> you mean in the game, right? That's what we're talking. Oh yeah, about. yeah, whatever. Yeah, whatever. yeah. <laughs> so, sure. Dave, how's your how's your week going? Uh, it doesn't seem like it was here. <laughs> uh, Flew by. Uh, you know, I, we we I, we had just gotten back from our uh, trip uh, to Sweetwater, kind of last week. God, it just and that just like raced, that, doesn't it? That just raced right by. It was that that just raced right by, and then the you know you had the fourth, and and that kind of got in the way, and then I went to test amps on Wednesday, and then I was there again today. <laughs> so uh, my <laughs> week is uh, pretty uh, uh, pretty much no work done. Oh, I don't know testing amps is work. I guess yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I get you. I, I had to test. I had to test some extra amps, so. Um, since we'll be gone next week at Summer Nam, so yeah. When when are you leaving? You're leaving Tuesday, he said. I'm leaving Saturday. Oh wow! Wow. I'm going, but I'm I'm going the long long way. I'm 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 flying into Detroit for a couple of days. I'm picking up Day Black, and then we're driving down. Oh nice! So I'm taking eight hour road journey through Kentucky. <laughs> <laughs> Do the, uh, the Kentucky's cool because you got the Bourbon Trail. You can, you know, if you go, if you time it right, you can go to like um, Maker's Mark and do the tour. Oh, that would be cool. And pick up some supplies for Nam. Yeah, maybe not. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> that could be dangerous. What, what are you afraid of? Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, no. I have no idea what you're Ma- talking about. Mr. Mark, Freeman. you're in. Tr- Mark, you're in trouble. I heard. Well, that's why I'm. Tr- I'm in training right now. Oh, that's well, awesome. you're, yeah, you're. You're in trouble. Um, and uh, my advice to you is, don't go out with Joe and I. 
Yeah, that's probably, that's probably really Pro- good. Probably advice. a wise, probably a wise decision um, not to do that. But um, well, I don't want to get sick. There's lots of there's lots of stuff going on though um, at at Nam this year. Um, we're going to have our own little concert jam event on Friday Friday night. Yeah, that place looks cool. Soul Shine, it's called. Soul Shine. Oh yeah, right on. And uh, Kenny Olson. Right up in Midtown. Is, uh, uh, I have no idea where it is. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you yeah, would know no, better. You there. would know better than I do. They've got um, a few. They've got a cool. few places I saw online. There was one in Nashville. There was one in uh, Franklin. But it looked, yeah, it looked, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Kenny Olson does a normal. Kenny Olson does a normal jam there every Sunday night where he always gets out a bunch of, you know, kind of Nashville elite and people that have moved there and all sorts of people. So we just moved his event to Friday and made it a Friedman event. And That's I have cool. no idea who's going to be there yet. I'll be fine. It'll be a good time. Yeah. So well, if you need a drummer, I, I'll, I won't get on guitar, but if you need a drummer, I'll jump on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure they have a house band, though, right? Yeah, Kenny's got his house band, but lots of people are going to sit yeah, in. Jump, I mean, like, in. sometimes – I'm not saying that this is who's going to be there, but Kenny gets guys like, you know, Brad Whitford down and, and you know, oh, like nice. all sorts of people. So um, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see what yeah. happens. There's a lot of people down there for them. Yeah. So that's for sure. That's good. And then there's another event that Todd Sharp is putting on on Saturday night after NAM. Um that looks that looks interesting. Todd's an amazing player, you know. Todd, uh, yeah, Todd. I love his amps, man. Todd makes good stuff. Yeah, and he's the only repair shop in Nashville that I trust. <laughs> so, what amps? He's one of the only repair Todd? shops in Nashville. Uh, you would think that, but I can give you half a dozen more that you shouldn't take your amp to. <laughs> <laughs> so you hear that, everyone? Take take your amp only to Todd Sharp. Nashville uh, Amp Repair. Nashville Todd Amp Sharp. Repair. Yep. Yep. He's the man. He's, he's got good, good guys working for him, and they're reasonably priced, and there's just no, like, there's no, you don't end up with uh, crazy mods to your stuff after the fact. It's like, no, dude, the tube was just bad. No, it's okay. I put a lot more gain in it for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a good uh, answer. Fix that in. clean channel. I think it roars now. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of amps, you want to tell us about your amps, Joe? Uh, sure. What do you want to know? Well, you know, I, I was I was looking at your website, and I, I see you have a lot of them. You have a lot of different amps. Uh, I was wondering yeah. if, if you want to take it, take us through like the different line of amps, and I, I see you also have pedals. Some. Curious yeah, I got some pedals. Um, the the big thing with me and, and guitar amps, um, the where I came from as a player, I always I gravitated to the vintage stuff that was single channel. I was a pedal board guy, um, and that's that that's where I gravitated towards as a builder then too, because that's the stuff I was only building for me. I wasn't planning on starting an amp company; it just kind of got out of hand, but. Um, when I wanted, like, uh, just like a good normal channel of an AC30, uh, nobody was doing it. Everybody was doing, like, even Vox was making improved versions and that were 
extra bright caps and a lot of other stuff on mm-hmm. the amps. Um, even when they made their flagship in the nineties with Tony Bruno, that thing had reverb and a master volume. And if they understood their customer base, which at that time was me, at the, I was a 40 something uh, with disposable income. I'm the guy that's going to be able to spend 4,500, 5,000 bucks on a fancy pants, hand wired box head, mm-hmm. but I'm not going to buy one that's got reverb and a master volume on it because that's just silly. Um, but they also added extra bright caps and all kinds of other stuff that just made the amp sound really cool when you're playing it in the store. But when you have to use it at a gig, it just made it fussy with um, overdrive pedals and mm-hmm. just like, so that's, I mean, that's really why I started building. So for me, um, I'm a single channel guy. You know, I don't do what Dave does. Um, I mean, I just, I don't do the channel switcher. It's just not who I am. Um, and I really don't do that, that high gain Marshall thing either. I think that it's, um, you know, I could go buy a Friedman if I wanted that. So there's no point in me, you know, occupying that space. Mm -hmm. But what I tried to excel at is making the best possible tone that I could make with, uh, my single channel amps. And the guys that gravitate to that are the, are guys that are players like me, guys that are pedal board guys. Um, tons of uh, Nashville cats, pro guys that, I mean, almost all of country music uses my stuff. But those are the types of players that really kind of gravitate toward my product. Now, as far as my amp line goes, mm-hmm. bunch of different amps, but they're really only about three flavors. One is that, you know, that old school Vox AC style tone um, that I have with the ACs. The other is a... Um, a high headroom Fender style tone that was uh, really has its roots in like the early seventies modified tumble would produce um, not so much the overdrive special with all of the compression and the over, you know, just that, that Robin Ford kind of thing, but more like um, what would later become steel string singer or something that it's just big round, clean, high mm-hmm. headroom, definitely more headroom than Fender would have had on the same type of circuit back at that time. And then um, I do kind of a cross between the two, and that's um, where I take a a Fender-style front end and I tie it together with like a, um, oh, like a old Gibson or um, a uh, Fox-style back end where, you know, Catholic bias class A, where you get all those even order harmonics and it's just chimey and Mm -hmm. great. Um, so those, that's really like, that's my ACs, my SWs and my RCAs. And that's the bulk, that's the meat of everything that I do now. And that's kind of where that family fits. Um, you know, I, I try to explain to people with guitar amps today, um, everybody's using predominantly 12 AX7s, right? Mm -hmm. 12 AX7 is a 12 AX7 is a 12 AX7. Um, 12 AX7s is chicken. So, you know, we're all cooking with chicken, but what happens on the back end of the amplifier is going to determine whether it's fried, barbecued, or curry. And that's where, like, the power section with EL84s and, you know, just in that that classic Vox configuration with the right phase inverter, that's what makes that chicken taste like curry. Mm-hmm. When the Marshall with its EL34s and its phase inverter and its presence and the amount of negative feedback that it has. I mean, that's what makes Marshall Marshall and Fender Fender with the 6L6, 6V6. Mm-hmm. So, um, 
one of the reasons I don't do channel switchers is that I think Dave's got it right where you can, you could really switch between levels of gain. But the guy that asked me for, you know, the fender clean, the Marshall crunch and a, a Bogner overdrive channel. I mean, it's just, those are different animals that behave different ways and they really can't exist in the same unit. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. The power section is the same. So you can't yeah. change that part about it. You can change the preamp. Yes, it could be a blackface preamp, but but the power section is still Marshall. Yeah, so, so it would regard, be a 34 so it's you, not a fender. Yeah, so yeah. whatever you put on the chicken, you're still going to put it in a deep fryer or barbecue it, right? It's like, <laughs> I, can, yep. I can put some turmeric on it in the front end, but I'm not getting curry out the back, but I'm going to put it in a bunch of barbecue sauce. So anyway... Now I'm getting yeah. hungry. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> but no, that's a great great way of describing it, though. You know, on, in terms of, especially when you're looking at the 12AX7 kind of platform from that preamp pers- perspective. Yeah, there's only so much you can do with it. I mean, guitar amp is a real simple device, predominantly. So, I mean, we're not, it's not rocket science. We're... 12AX7's got a plate and a cathode and a screen. It actually has two sets of those. There's two gain stages in each 12AX7. And um, all we're doing is we're manipulating that screen and we're creating that sine wave. And when we do that, we're um, the voltage differential between the plate and the cathode gets makes that that's we're modulating that modulating that voltage. That's what makes it actually bigger. So then when we go from stage to stage, because DC only goes one way, so it just like push a speaker out or in, um, we need to decouple that, right? Mm-hmm. So the coupling caps that go from stage to stage, what their main job is is to take that DC signal, say if it's 200 volts, to remove the DC 200 uh, on the other side of it. So it just passes the larger signal. And then what we make the capacitors out of, if you think of a, a capacitor like a swimming pool, where it's a blocked DC, DC can't can't swim, but AC can swim through the water. So the size of the pool will determine the frequency, and then what we fill it with will also affect how we can swim through that. So like a, a silver mica is going to sound different than a polypropylene, which is going to sound different than a mylar, which is going to, you know, mm-hmm. and, and all of those things affect tone. Um, and then it's and the, are, then it's the whole ingredients of making that yeah so just if you don't use crap if you put good in you can get good out provided that you're paying attention to what's happening all the way down and you have a good set of ears because i know guys that are super smart that make some amps that sound so bad (laughs) just absolutely broken you know but they're they're geniuses, but they, they couldn't build an app to save their life because they can't hear it. And I think, um, you know, definitely for like Dave, um, I think they're, they're honestly, I think they're just probably a handful of builders that I, I really trust, like understand what a really good guitar tone is. You know, Todd Sharp's one, Dave's one. Oh, yeah. 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 Dave. Yeah. You definitely have the year as well, Dave. Cause um, like I, I've had, EL84 based amps before uh, and they've never sounded like the Ron 20 that I have, <laughs> you know? Right. So it's, it's definitely, there's, there's something with the ears being able to shape 
that as well. So when you were describing that, Joe, it kind of hit a, hit a nerve with me because, uh, you know, especially with an EL84 based amp, which is like a Vox, typically a Vox circuit, or you would think of, right? you know, and here, here, that, go yeah, ahead, Dave. Yeah. Here's, here's how I look at it, kind of. Um, so, the, so making an amplifier is sort of like uh, mixing a record. Um, you have oh, all the, sure, dude. you have all the ingredients or tracks, right? In front of you and you give it to five mixers and you're going to get five different songs or five different sounds, mm-hmm. some bad, some good, some just different shades of good or different stylistically. Um, but y'all started with the same components basically. Um, right. Uh, so, but there's some guys that can't, couldn't, mix those tracks to save their life and make it sound good. Right. And, and, uh, and then there's other people that, that can, you know, and it's just basically what Joe was saying. It's like, it's, it, it's, and it all really comes down to the ears and how in tune they are with what they want to hear. And, and, and do their ears really tell them the truth of what they're hearing too? Like I, I sometimes right. think, I sometimes think, People, some people's ears maybe hear things different than than. There's some abnormal oh. uh, e- ears, like they'll 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 say it's trebly, and you're like looking at it going, it's dark, right. <laughs> or right. vice versa, you know. Or um, mm-hmm. and, and uh, you, I guess there is no right or wrong, that? but yeah. Well, just there's some people's hands too that can't make the good guitar amp sound good to save their life either. <laughs> um, I mean, I, I have I've literally, yeah, especially like, especially like amps like yours, uh, non-master volume, uh, you know, style amps, um, man, th- those are brutally um, honest with uh, right. the hands that plug into them. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and if, and it's all about, it's, it's more, it's not about even the, if they can play the notes, it's. It's about how they attack the guitar with their right hand. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I find more so than than anything else. It's hard to even define. But, oh, but uh, you hear it though, right? It's like oh yeah, like well, yeah, like literally, like they'll come in and play through, like say a plexi style Marshall or something, and one guy plays through it, and you're just like, wow, that's the greatest thing I've ever heard in my life. And then yeah, another and the guy, guy comes in, and you're you looking like, at the amp. Holy crap! He did the amp the break? Did the amp break? Yeah. What? what huh? And as dumb as what that happened? sounds, it's literally that bad. It's literally like night and day. Like the difference between, wow, this is the greatest steak in the world. And, oh, my God, you're feeding me, you know, regurgitated dog food. I mean, it's like, <laughs> it's it's not like subtle. Like, yeah, you know, it doesn't sound as good with this guy. I mean, it sounds broken with some people. It just sounds it's like I don't know how they do it. I just don't get it. If it's, yeah. I'm not sure either. <laughs> but some people, it, it does happen. Just shouldn't play, you know. Now, certainly, I hope I don't fall into that category. But I think it's just there ha- happens to be that um, the the way that they attack well, the strings, okay, you know. No, I, I mean it's certain. I mean, no, it's it's, it's totally okay because the world needs strummers. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I was just an easy drummer joke. <laughs> I'm a drummer also, by the way. Yeah, that's why I made the joke. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, yeah, I, I you know, I, 
I wish I was uh, one of those guys that can plug into a, a super loud plexi and be able to control it. Um, uh, it's, it's yeah, and then then, then there's that, that's another thing. It's about um, I re- I remember there was once a tech that 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 Steve Stevens was trying out, and he wasn't really a tech. He was a, he was a guitar player, and I'm like, are you sure you want to use him? You know, he's not really a guitar tech. He goes, no, he'll be fine. He'll be fine. <laughs> and man, well, anyway, it wasn't fine in the end. But uh, but but when he would plug into his rig, it's just like it would just be like, you know, like feedback <laughs> everywhere because it, it's 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 really loud. You know, it's really 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 loud. And, and the guy and has like, no way to control it. Know how to con- yeah. Well, there's a lot of players these days that haven't. You know, the, there's a problem. The fundamental problem with um, what's been going on with guitar and people playing modelers and people playing oh, yeah. their, com- their computers and this and that, it's that they have no idea at all mm-hmm. how to control an amplifier at stage volume on stage. Right. No idea at all. And it is a like crazy. Uh, I think it's a real issue, actually. <laughs> I think that, yeah, it's funny because it's like, you know, your guitar comes with a volume control, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Doesn't have to be you full might, all the time. You can use it. You know, when you yeah. stop playing, roll it off. <laughs> yeah, all, all the best players, and I'm sure Dave would agree with this too, is that the, the guys that, um, the best players that I've met are guys that they're painting all the time with that volume control. You know, they're oh, like, yes. um, you know, like if they're full up, like, oh, geez, Landau, even like um, Josh Smith was at the shop the other day. Oh, you weren't there. Um, Grover was. No, no. Yeah, yeah. He he played through one of the new strats. Josh mm-hmm. freaking loved that guitar. He played through it for oh, an good. hour. Did it sound good? Yeah, he was like, well, he must loved have the sound pickups. Good. Yeah, Josh was a picky dude, too. So, yeah, that was. Oh, a, that's good. Good. Yeah. I, I wanted to talk hear, to Grover, but the funny part is he and Grover met when he was 16. Um, Josh and um, who's the slide cat? Uh, Derek, Derek trucks um, okay. were friends from Florida and um, they were, you know, working out some kind of Washburn deal and they flew him up to Chicago to the Washburn place and, you know, met Grover and Grover built him a guitar and, so they were. It was fun seeing those guys reminisce about like good old days. Now that they're both old as dirt. <laughs> actually, actually, I don't think Josh is that old. Not like me, I'm an old man. Hey, you know what? I'm going to jump in the chat and just say hi to some folks. Oh, there are people here. Yeah, we've got yeah. got a few people watching. Over twenty right now. Um, Sweet. Is my mom in there? Uh, I didn't. I didn't see a Mrs. Uh, Morgan. No, she'd be uh, Elizabeth Berry, but that's okay. Let me see. Okay, well, well, I'll go through it. So we got T Bone. How's it going, man? Um, Adam Evh, Sinner, Danny Cummings, Charlie S. Oh, which reminds me, Dave, we've got a question from uh, Tim Pierce for you. Um, 
but not but a different team different team Pierce, not the oh, okay yeah not, yeah. not the Tim <laughs> like, like wow, the other okay. Tim Pierce. yes uh, a viewer of the show Tim Pierce, not the uh guitarist extraordinaire uh and guru Tim's guy these too yeah i like i've been watching some of his videos he's he's really he he has some cool and videos funny he yeah. yeah that dry humor he's funny he is i like tim well, uh, he's also with the Tim and Pete show, right? Like, Pete does yeah, the show. Yeah. Um, so we got Tim Pierce. He says, hello, Mark, Dave, and Joe. Um, well, and, let's stop, Ian. And let's see who else we got here. Uh, oh, we got Freeman Amplification saying hi. Uh, Matthias oh, as, as a veto. I'm here. Oh, there you go. <laughs> BE100 and AC Deluxe 20 are the best amps on the market, he says. Wow. Thank you. Your check's in the mail. Uh, <laughs> Center says, I played a BE today and a Metroplex. Amazing amps. Yes. I, as a matter of fact, I just got a Metroplex. Uh, George's amp is really great. Sounds awesome. That guy's crazy. He scares me. <laughs> I want, hey, you know, George is going to be in Nashville. You, you know, you oh, guys God. could go. Uh, That's not you, you. We all could go drinking together. That just seems like a recipe for bad. Yeah, it is. Now, I have not hung out with him. I know he makes good amps, but he's crazy. Can you elaborate? Oh, no, no. George, is, he's a sweetheart. He is <laughs> mild-mannered, even-keeled, not funny yeah. at all. Unfortunately, yeah, we'll probably just as much as you can, Joe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's just not a good combination. <laughs> probably. We could throw, you know, Reinhold Bogner into the mix and really get crazy. <laughs> oh no! Oh, oh no! 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 That's a whole other level. Yeah, that. Well, there you go. That's a whole other description. That's a whole yeah. other level. Yep. That's a whole another decade. And you know what? I gave up on the '80s a long time ago. <laughs> yeah, I'm still trying to live it a little bit. No, no Miami Vice for me. Um, <laughs> Hey, I, uh, only in the sense of uh, uh, recreational pharmaceuticals are no longer a. Uh, oh, I see. Yes, I'm not well, saying that you know there's any partaking of that happening with any of the hemp manufacturers that we've talked about, <clears throat> Bogner. But um, you never know. <laughs> <laughs> you never know. You never know. It's possible, Spe- so, especially with somebody who wears feathers in their hair. Some some stuff is, is <laughs> some stuff's legal in California, though. Oh yeah, we're we're good here. Exactly. What do you need? <laughs> I'll talk to you after the show. Okay, good. Yeah, I got a guy. <laughs> uh, Tim Pierce says, uh, "Wow, Joe Morgan, that was an awesome description." Oh, so, thanks, man. Yeah, so I think he was uh, talking about your. Um, you know, the description of your different amps. Um, and then there was a question about what we were drinking. So uh, I just had written, Dave, you're drinking scotch, but do you want to say Belvini scotch? Okay. Oh, Belvini, Belvini, the same one we were doing on the, uh, the uh, George Metropolis show that we did. <laughs> exactly. is the the bottle, bottle is still here. Oh, the same bottle is still here from that show. I haven't drinking, haven't had any since. Oh, wow. That That's how much of it I drank. <laughs> That's a lot. You know, it was like, uh, yeah, it's like three quarters of a bottle and that was done. And then do you still have the bottle from the tequila too? 
from a. Oh no, that got finished finished off that night. That was done. Okay. That was done. Well, yeah, but other people other people were drinking it also. Right. Exactly. Exactly. But still, See, it's and, still. Uh, unfortunately, unfortunately, on that show, I made the grave error of uh, starting drinking without eating anything all day at all. Oh, that must have been so, a great show. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and then and then also have um, you know great tequila mixed with Duval beer. Yeah, it's about eight point five percent. I've never and, had that. And that's it's a great like Belgian. not a good. It, yeah, it's a great Belgian, but it's eight point five percent. So yeah, it's you just, drink a little. It's an you drink a little four pack that with tequila. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. So we were drinking that. Yeah, so, so yeah, on an empty stomach. So that wasn't good. So yeah, sorry if I was not uh, speaking by the end of it, but <laughs> I think people enjoyed it. Um, yeah, fine, fine. Some watch people f- fall down the stairs. You know, <laughs> it's like it's, true. it's like drunk history. Yeah. Well, you know, hey, yeah, oh, I'm was, human. Sorry. If you put the video, you on, watch like, that show. Forward. Have what I watched it? back? I l- no, have you watched Drunk History? No. No. It's on Comedy Central. Oh, they I know take about it. Host, they, take, they take historians and they get them just shitty drunk <laughs> and then um, have them tell historical stories, you know, about obscure things that, you, like, things you wouldn't think about. And it's the greatest half hour on television that's funny you know what you ever, you ever... oh they sorry Ted. uh they uh, and they have famous actors reenact the scenes of the historical scenes using the dialogue of the drunk person so <laughs> it's, it's it's they just lip sync to the drunk person's dialogue and it's that sounds it, about as good as it's Dracula. beyond great that's fine. Oh man, you know if we move to Nashville, I'm going to start working on my tractor. Tractor racing? You going to do some tractor racing? Absolutely. You bet. <laughs> I remember. I remember. I remember one one time I go, I go with a friend of mine to a bar. This was years ago, and we're just going to go have a beer at this this bar down the street. We go in, we sit down at the bar, and the bar's empty. You know, we're just having a drink, and I look up on the TV behind the bar, and it's tractor racing. Dude. Hopped up, souped up tractors with little number plates on the front of them, and they're racing around <laughs> a dirt track. And I'm like looking at this, going, I look at him and I go, "This is the greatest thing ever." <laughs> yeah, look, look that up and what or the dumbest these one tractors. These, these oh, are oh yeah, um, yeah, yeah. You know, one thousand horsepower, like <laughs> it's it's so dumb and scary because you're basically <laughs> strapping an engine to your legs. You know, uh, yeah, I'd probably yeah, be tractor yeah, racing, man. but I would go. I would go to a tractor race in a heartbeat. That's Check it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to do a lot of southern things. Tractor racing. Well, you you probably Maybe. have to. Uh, I think, Learn I to, think you have to have beer while you're at the tractor race. Oh yeah, yeah. That's, PBR. Baby. I think that's a prerequisite. That PBR might be the the beer of choice at the tractor race. Hey, speaking of a beer. Yeah, I don't think you get a choice. I'm going to grab another one. I'll be Uh-oh. right back. You guys hold it. I'm uh, just going to get another Heineken. What's Heineken? Is that Before some you know fancy it. imported thing? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know. In the green bottle. I don't even know what color it is. I could be drinking. Hang on one second. I'll be right back. <laughs> yeah. We'll wait here. 
Now that he's gone, Let's we see can what talk anyone... about him. Oh, <laughs> uh, let's see. I was looking in this chat, but the chat isn't loading very well for me. So, someone hey, asked a question. I don't know. You don't know when you leave. We're leaving. Uh, we're leaving on the red eye. So we're uh, we're flying first class. No, on Saturday. Saturday okay. night. So yeah, Sunday flying morning. first class. Well, yeah, starting at ten thirty, we leave. And uh, I'll be arriving in Detroit at 6 a.m. <laughs> oh, jeez, dude. Is there a layover in that? Then, no. No. No, it's nonstop. Four hours. Boom. Yeah. And then uh, we'll, uh, then we'll uh, go to bed in the hotel for a while. And then yeah. uh, get up and I have plans. <laughs> Are you, you're taking your wife with you, right? Yeah, my wife's going. Yeah, my wife's going to Nam. Uh, she's our social media girl, and does a great uh, job at that. And she will be social mediating from Nam, mediating, medi. Yeah, I can't talk, but yeah, media, Who's be mediating. That? Who's social mediating? Dana. Dana. Oh, she's going to be there. D- Dana. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah, she's going to be at the show. Very good. Yeah, well, she had to go because, see, we have good friends that live in Nashville. And we've been threatening to come see them for the last seven years. Um, and, oh, wait. I think she went once in that seven years. Um, and I've never gone in that seven years. So um, so she's got a friend down there, and they're going to hang out. So, What part of Ash? You know? I have no idea. I think, I, you know what? I don't really know. Yeah, this is my this is my first time guys, really guys, hanging out there. Guys don't really ask those things, you know. <laughs> oh, just because I, I I have a daughter that lives in East Nashville, so. Oh. So, yeah, I, I kind of know my way around town now. That's so funny that you said that, Dave. Guys don't ask that. My wife always asks. Well, me yeah. Questions. Wait, have you ever had your Have you ever had your wife ask you? I go, oh, so how's uh, whatever your friend Jim? Let's say. Right. How's Jim's uh, new, new new baby? I have no idea. Um, I, I don't know. <laughs> you didn't ask him? You didn't ask him? No. Didn't think about it. Well, what do you guys talk about? That's a good question. <laughs> That's a good question. <laughs> I, I'm like, Not much. I don't remember people. Like, I can't, like, I could have a 10-hour conversation with somebody, you know, um, over a course of two days, share three meals with them, and not recall a damn thing. <laughs> but if I saw that same person playing guitar on stage for ten minutes, I could re- I could tell you, oh, that's the guy that played that old Fender with the tower. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, oh yeah, he had. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's horrible. <laughs> I'm really bad too. Like, yeah, I, I go walk Remember into a room. Their gear. Walk into a room for a party or something. Someone's having a party, and everyone, you know, five people in front of you. They introduce themselves. And then I oh, just yeah. stand there and look at him. I go, let me tell you guys, I'm going to forget your name. And maybe in the next minute, <laughs> I might've already forgotten your name and uh, you're going to have to remind yeah, me. So don't feel bad about it. I was just straight up honest. Eventually I get it. If I interact with them for a while, I'm like, Oh yeah. Blah, blah, blah. But, but uh, yeah, you know. it takes me, it takes me about four or five years. And then uh, like, with it depends members. on who it is though. I think I called the kids kids until they were three or four. <laughs> I, think, 
I think it depends on how much of a how much time you spend with them and uh, uh, how much of a interesting personality they might have or not have yeah. on whether you remember who they are. Mm-hmm. So. That's true. Yeah. What about when these when you go to these shows and you got you're meeting like a thousand? Oh, forget it. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> oh, I remember every single one of them. Hey, Joe, this is Kyle. I met you last year at Nam. <laughs> <laughs> You remember me? Yeah, we talked a lot about your amps. So. Yeah, I remember you. Yeah. <laughs> For the most part, yeah, I get no, those no, calls yeah, every once in a while. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. Hey, it's me. You know, da, da, da. I was. I was uh, I recently. Um, someone was uh, speaking of that. People don't remembering things. Recently, someone emailed me, and they were asking about my friend Dave Black, right? Because. I used to talk yeah. to Dave a long time ago, and he recommended these amps and this and that to me back in blah, 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 blah. And we talked a lot, and I lost touch with him over the years. And, and I'm like, oh, that's great. Okay, well, I'll tell Dave you said hi. Dave's like, who? Who? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that's the funny thing. And, um, and then I tell him a little bit, and yeah. he's like, well, if he knew that much, then I must have been talking to him for a while, but God, I don't remember. <laughs> I just got handed a drink. Oh, nice. Oh, there you go. Moscow Mule for the win. What is it? There you go. Moscow Mule is... What is uh, that? Vodka and ginger beer. A little oh, mint. There you go. You're yeah, joining in the fun. On a hot day. Yeah, yeah, and you know, and it's not to say, like, when... Just because I don't remember the conversations, I en- I thoroughly enjoy the conversations. Like, meeting people and having the conversations and somebody who's passionate about it and has questions and like I I could talk for days on it. So it's not that, you know, I don't love it and I don't like talking to people. It's, it's yeah. just, you know. It's hard to remember everybody. You just yeah, don't remember. Just, don't. I just can't remember very well. Yeah. No, yeah. You, you had the conversation and same with me. I was just like, I, I had the conversation. I enjoyed talking to you. I appreciate you bought my amp. That's fantastic. Uh, although I might not remember you because it was the first time we met, but if we met five more times, I'd remember you. <laughs> right. You know, and buy five then, more. Amps. Then, exactly. There you go. <laughs> well, that's funny. If you um, buy five apps, I actually will remember you probably. <laughs> <laughs> At, at Sweetwater I'll be like, he's the guy with five I have, amps. I have a guy that buys, he bought an amp. I've been going to Sweetwater for their gear fest thing the last three years. And each year this guy has come in and he's bought an amp. And he comes in with his wife. They're super sweet people. And um, oh, I, I think he did, it's like a three hour drive in. He, he bought another one this year. It's like, that's cool. You know, I, yeah, it is kind of fun, you know? So, Next year, when I'm at Sweetwater, if I don't see him, I'm going to be really disappointed. I better come up with a new you know, amp. You know what we're going to you know what we're gonna pack? <laughs> you know what we're going to pack next year in our in our boxes for Sweetwater? Nothing. Umbrellas. <laughs> oh yeah. Did it rain again this year? A large umbrella. Yeah, it was. Did it rain? It was, did it rain? A deluge. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The we first a, day we had a river. It, yeah, the first day it rained, um, when we were getting there, it was basically pouring. Had to park the car across the street uh, at the <laughs> vendor parking lot, where they have buses that bring you over, 
But the problem is you park your car in the lot and then you have to go to the bus, which is across the parking lot where your car is uh, in a downpour. Uh, so by the time I got to the bus, yeah, I took a shower in my clothes. Oh, and, you uh, and then the they drop through. you off where the tents are. Then you drop you off where the tents are. And then you have to go to your tent, which is another, oh, I don't know, 20 yards or something, you know, in the downpour. But oh. Yeah, the water's coming down like a, like a Texas flood. It's just like a sheet of water. Like- yeah. So literally I was just pulling my shirt off my chest and just like, you know, it, like you, you, it's like you jumped in your pool, Mark, clothed. Oh. Or I thought he looked like Jennifer Beale from Flashdance. But... <laughs> oh, that's frightening. Stop. <laughs> he, he's a maniac. <laughs> oh, no. And it shows. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. That song couldn't be more true. Um, so, funny. So, so, so I'll put this out there. I'll put this out there. Uh, spe- speaking of what you just brought up like that. So um, Alex at the office, right, uh, we got a, a new guitar order together for Grover, and we added some extra ones on there, kind of went for a really large order from him um, for our kind of stock, stock guitars. And that's all good, and Grover was expecting a certain amount, but we kind of added an extra ten grand to it, you know? And yeah. he, he, text, he texts Alex, he goes, man – I don't, I don't know whether to go out and get drunk. I'm so excited. I don't know if whether to go out and get drunk or masturbate. And Alex <laughs> oh tells me this. And, and Alex tells me this, and we're just thinking to ourselves, just the mental, the mental picture has now just, just blown our brains up. Um, TMI, baby. So, TMI. So um, we're just like, ah, wah. Yeah. <laughs> don't tell me that. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, just like the, the mental issue. Oh, God. Yeah, anyway. <laughs> so did Alex mental, file a yeah. sexual harassment suit, or how's that playing out? No. <laughs> no, no, no. Hey, Alex wait, thought wait. it was um, amusing. <laughs> I like Alex. Alex, we need it. we've needed an Alex for a couple of years. It's nice having him there. Alex is now in yeah. charge of our whole uh, – Avi has now made him in charge of our whole guitar department. Um, he just entirely. Butt, it's his. It's his and it's his entire thing now. So, which is fantastic. That's great. So, I don't know. I think you should let Avi run it some more. Yeah, because he wow, has so much quiet. time. Considering, he's got, uh, considering yeah, considering nothing <laughs> else on his plate, right? Yeah, considering he doesn't have enough businesses or things on his plate to do. Yeah, all yeah. he needs is one more, just one more thing. <laughs> yeah. So who's this Alex person yeah. we're talking about? Where's he? Where's he work? Alex works at uh, uh, Boutique Amps Distribution with all of us, and he does a great job there. And uh, and I've bought him a nice bottle of tequila to to show my show my appreciation. Sweet. Um, I'll have to. What kind of tequila I, did you get him? Uh, Fortaleza. I got to go over to his house. Good stuff. <laughs> Like you have to go over his house, or you have to go to his house now. <laughs> well, it depends. I got to first find out if he's gone through it yet, mm. and then I'll make the decision. Yeah, right. Alex right, plays right, the right. video game, you know. Oh, I see. Alex hey, and Todd both. The... I got them both hooked. Oh, they're they're oh, on no. the same game. 
Yeah. Do you guys so, play uh, online? Okay. Is it like an online thing yeah, we, too? Online, late at night, talking to each other, laughing about the work, shooting people. <laughs> <laughs> That's it's cool. a good life, really. Yeah, it's fun. It's pretty there cool. I have it's to remind pretty... myself that I'm a grown man every once in a while. So, Joe. Yeah. How did you make How did you make the mistake of getting in the ant business? That's a great question, Dave. I'm glad you asked. Um, <laughs> okay, so I played hardcore punk rock in the early '80s, and then in a band in Minnesota, right? And the the band I was in, we got a record deal, and we were on Huskadoo's record label, and all well and fine and cool. And we got to play with a lot of really cool bands from that era. And, um, you know, people like Black Flag and Minor Threat and DOA and Bad Brains and just like, just got to play with a, like a ton of really killer punk rock acts from the early eighties. Um, hanging out in Minneapolis at the time was when, you know, the replacements had just taken off. Um, just a really cool time to be in Minneapolis. So I moved to California uh, to be an electrical engineer at Rockwell International on the first set of GPS satellites. And I stopped playing guitar for about 10 years. And it wasn't until I was at a Bible study uh, and I picked up a guitar and started playing it. And somebody said, oh, hey, you can play guitar. You know, you should play on our worship team. And I'm like, oh, okay. So I thought, that sounds like fun. Started playing guitar again. I had young kids. And I uh, ended up uh, buying a Kirk Hammett um, LTD version with the Floyd and everything. And a Galen Kruger Backline 250 or 200. And um, so I thought, you know, guitar is a guitar and amps and amp. Started playing through them and I thought to myself, uh, okay, I'm having a disconnect here because I'm watching this Almond Brothers VHS because it was a long time ago. I'm watching this Almond Brothers VHS and I can't get that sound out of my rig. So I went into um, well, yeah, my this Floyd doesn't make that tone. Um, so I went into a music store where there was a guy named Jesse who had been a, a roadie guitar tech touring guitar player he was in his 70s and he'd seen everything twice and um i came to jesse and i said jesse what's wrong and he didn't say a word all i did is he grabbed the les paul off the wall took me into the back room where they had an old four hole marshall on a four by 12 turned everything up to 10 handed me the guitar and i was like oh hmm. you know it was one of those moments where it's like right tools for the job you know what i mean Mm-hmm. So after mm-hmm. that, I I spent a long time um, going through gear and like, okay, if that's what that is, you know, then how did Brian May sound like Brian May? You know, what makes a Fender Fender? What like what are all these different tones, right? How did Mark Knopfler sound like Mark Knopfler? Mm-hmm. Um, and the answer is simple: it's fingers. Um, so I bought and sold a bunch of stuff and this was when the economy was really good and I could put a lot of money on my American express card. And I was doing about 25 grand a month. Sometimes it would be, I'd make a hundred bucks on an item, you know, take it, have it for a month, sell it, 
Sometimes I'd lose a hundred, but for the most part, I came out ahead and uh, wasn't biting me in the butt yet. And, but I, I had a chance to go through everything. So I would get like, I'd buy a $10,000 two rock and a $3,500 two rock, you know, all with the same features, but what makes this one 10 grand? What makes this one 3,500 bucks? Mm. Um, and that was one of the, like my biggest things where it was like the $10,000 one didn't sound as good as the $3,500 one. And I couldn't figure out why and swapping tubes between them, you know, trying to figure out what the deal was that made this one not sound as good as its cheaper counterpart. So after doing that, after, you know, you, you lose the, um, the wizard of Oz thing, you know, once you can see back behind the curtain and you stop taking things on as face value, it's like, Oh, this is the greatest amp ever kind of thing. Um, loses its flavor once you've you've seen it all you've had it all and so i got to a point where um my wife was working um as a banquet server for hotels on on call part-time thing but she would work on a friday and saturday night sometimes when the kids were little they'd be in bed by 8 30 and i had a lot of free time so i bought a gds kit in the 90s a uh, little 18 watt Marshall and told myself I was going to take, Oh, I don't know, you know, as long as I needed to a few months and I'd build this thing right and just really take my time in it. So six hours later I had a finished amp and oh. I was like, wow, this isn't like, okay. And then, uh, you know, just going through it and understanding what was what I'm like, okay, I could do better than this. Started looking at different designs. Like, Oh, I want to try that. I'm, I'm going to build a dumble. I'm going to build some train wreck stuff. I'm going to build a box. I'm going to build Marshall, you know, and just started doing that to understand the circuits, you know, at the component level. And then, uh, I looked into a, some transformers on eBay that were, um, sold by the guy that used to own speedster amps up in, uh, right. Seattle. And he had he had these made because it was supposed to be what he told me was a joint venture with Mike Soldano on a high gain AC30, and I really wanted to do that. And they were Schumacher transformers, which were really nice transformers. So I I bought a set from him, and I built the like the first real Morgan was a 3800, and uh, it was actually called the MV 3.8K because MV means master volume, 3.8K means 3800, which was literally a AC30 and then JCM 800 and the same kind of thing. I remember, I remember that model you had. Yeah. Right. So I still make the 3800 yeah. uh, occasionally for people who, you know, special order it, but it's not part of the line. Um, and I had a, a, a friend come over and he played through it and he wouldn't leave till he gave me a check. And then he was saying, Oh, you should start an amp company. And I told him that it's ridiculous. There are too many amp companies already. Um, but if I were going to start an amp company, I would want to get the cabinet maker that divided by 13 uses. But it's not like I can call up Fred and say, hey, Fred, who makes your cabinets? Because I want to go into business. So um, my daughter was selling an iPhone to pay for, or selling a drum kit to pay for her first, first iPhone. And um, the guy that came over to buy the drum kit saw the amp parts in the garage and said, Oh, you make amps? I make all the cabinets for divided by thirteen. <laughs> so, what are the odds? I took, yeah, I took that as a sign, and then uh, a buddy of mine who's a graphic designer made me ten logos, and they were 
radically different than what we've got within this thing. And, um, but he sent me, this as the 11th and he goes, Oh, I made this one too, but I really don't like it. And the second I saw it, I knew that was the logo and I knew it was going to be on the left-hand side of the amp and I knew how everything was going to be laid out. And, um, it just kind of fell together from there. And how long ago was that? 2009. Cool. I think the first amp I saw of yours uh, it belonged to Derek Tabata. Oh, yeah. Good boy. That one was an old one. Yeah, the little AC thing of some yeah, sort. Yeah, the little black thing. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it looked cool. <laughs> Somebody somebody brought that uh, into the shop recently and had me just kind of go through it. Yeah, that was that was weird. That was like um, because I had done some stuff um, under the moniker JMI, which was the old Jennings Musical Industries, right? So Joe Morgan Industries. I figured if they didn't have a copyright on the, the th- three slanted rectangles, I was going to steal it. And just because right. I love old Vox so much, but they music ground in the UK still had the uh, copyright on that. So I couldn't steal the logo. So I made a new one and instead of three slanted rectangles, I had three slanted ovals. So it was totally different. Mm. Um, but then, uh, you know, I was talking to a lawyer friend of mine. He's like, yeah, you better not do that. You're just going to get sued. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's when I changed over to Morgan when I actually started manufacturing amps for sale. Now, are your are your amps uh, hand? And I'm, I don't know the answer to this, and maybe other people are wondering too. Are they hand wire? What's what's the um, how are they manufactured? Oh yes, they're hand wired with unicorn dust <laughs> and pixie feathers. Gluten, yeah, gluten, the hand wired. Gluten free. In fact, a hundred percent gluten free, but they're made in a gluten environment. So, although they're gluten free, I still wouldn't lick them. <laughs> um, yeah, they're handmade by little. Now let, let's girls. let's get let, let's get down to the nitty gritty here. Yeah. Um, wouldn't that be a hybrid board? You know, I'm glad you brought that up, Dave. One of the things that I had to do when I. Um, like, all right, back in the day, Joe Morgan sitting at his bench making some guitar amps, right? I used turret board constructions, and, and I, what I would do is I would drill out gear light and press turrets into every single board. It took a long time. Um, and then every board sat – there wasn't like a, a universal fit inside the chassis because I had a chassis that would work across about six different models. So every time I put a board in, I had to re-drill the holes for – wherever this particular board was going to sit in that particular amp. And then um, I'd sit there and I'd hand wrap the turrets with wire and parts and all at the same time, taking phone calls and answering emails and watching TV. And, uh, you know, some of that early stuff when I was getting really distracted, I, I would have turrets that I'd forgotten to solder, like something would come back. Like, yeah, I'm getting a little bit of noise, and I'd be like, "Dole." Like, that, that that thing never got done. But one of the biggest problems I had was when you run power. Like I was just using wires to run power across that turret board, right? So depending on that exact length of the wire, because every one is a little bit different, 
um, that that all kind of affected everything. So when we had to go into manufacturing, what I had to do was one, I had to cut out a bunch of models that I was making only because you can only put so much into production. And the other was I had to come up with a board that was repeatable that we could do again and again and again, but I didn't want to give up the hand wiring aspect. So what we did is we took an eyelet board and then I added the power lines, the lines that go for the B plus power and also the ground so that all of that would be consistent every single time. But other than that, it's all hand wires to the turret or to the um, eyelet board, like an old fender board would be. Mm -hmm. Um, And then out to the pots. So, and quite honestly, um, we're using the same parts, the same vendors, same manufacturers as I was. That's part of my contract. Um, these guys make a better amp than I ever did because they're not as distracted. Their work is a lot cleaner than mine because that's what they do all day. I have, mm-hmm. I couldn't be happier about the quality of stuff that's coming out of there. In fact, you know, like Dave knows, we, we go in and we test hundreds of amps. And, you know... To, I think I went through a rack of 35 the other day and I had one bad uh, a tube that got you know taken out and uh, burn in and that was it and it's like lucky this just yeah no. <laughs> <laughs> lucky let me bang my head I, against I the bench right now on my EL34 problems EL34s. yeah no dude uh, <sighs> let me you tell you help. it's not no, not the no problems with the builds of the amps my no, my biggest dilemma these days is EL34s, and literally, I switch from one vendor to another vendor. And now that vendor is having issues with the the ones we're getting from them, and it's literally like slowing me down testing everything. It's like I don't feel good about it. Right, and I might have to switch brands again to something else. And the thing is, it's now it's not about necessarily what I like the best. It's it's now down to What's going to work the best um, and still sound good? Of course, you don't want to make it sound bad, but, but um, what's going to work the best and be the most reliable. Honestly, frankly, if I could change all the amps and it still sounded good enough to me, if I could change them all to 5881 power tubes, I would. Uh, well, because well, like dirty Shirley, amps, thing, right? dirty Shirley amps, I never have problems with tubes. In rarity that a tube fails in those rare, and I'm just like, oh god, I wish. <laughs> what about Eddie? You're, you're I an, wish. What about eighty four amps? Uh, less problems uh, than I'm having with you. You know, yeah. JJ's have been pretty consistent. The, the JJ EL eighty fours. The biggest problem with EL eighty fours is they're a uh, small bottle tube, meaning that the glass is just super thin on them. And one of the things that we've done in manufacturing is we figured out how to make things thinner and cheaper and thinner and cheaper. And uh, unfortunately, that's come down to the glass that they use on um, EL84s. So subsequently, um, you know, they fail. But not like the EL34 problems Dave's having are just, that's just crazy. I mean, they're oh, just, it's just like ridiculous. I, I have to literally beat the hell out of them on the bench just to see if but I, I can get them to fail. Hmm. Uh, I I, I got to switch. I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to do right now. Just don't know. Oh, we lost Joe. Oh, yeah. Funny what happens oh. when you get a phone call while you're 
Yeah. I'm back. You're back. You guys? <laughs> You're back. That's cool. I hear you back. Um, no, I'll say, all right, so in the 80s, Jim Marshall, right, uh, they were having a problem with the L-34s and shipping them to America, in fact, to the point where they stopped shipping EL-34s to America and they changed all the amps over to 6550s. Yep. And that's where, like, all, uh, you know, Zach Wild and, and those guys that swear by that 6550 Marshall tone, I mean, that's where all that came from. But it was predominantly just the um, – because crappy EL-34s. So it seems like what goes around – And that was the good one, yeah, right. Those are weird. Kill for those. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I kill for those too. Yeah, that, and that's that, and that's therein lies the rub, right? So, so and it's not To you, sixty-five fifties would um, you have to change the power transformer, or what is it to use them? No, same power transformer. No. What you end up doing is you just have to change, like where the, um, uh, where the. Negative feedback. Bio splitter. Yeah. Just a little bit different. But I mean, it's a radically different tone. It really is. It's like, I don't think you can replace 60 or 6550s EL34s and say that, yeah, it's the same same sound from the amp. Mm. You know, it's different. I mean, this is, I mean, this is becoming a real, a real issue for me. Um, Hmm. Like a major issue. Yeah, we're laughing about it, but for, yeah, it's, it's not it's not too funny to me. <laughs> yeah, you've got. I mean, that pile of tubes, the dead tubes that's sitting on the bench, is insane. It's absolutely insane. And that's like people don't understand. You know, I think that's one of the other things with um, the t- tubes are delicate in general, right? They're like super high voltage light bulbs. When you go home at night and you flip on a light switch and your light blows you don't blame the switch. You don't call the switch manufacturer and say, Hey, your switch sucks. You know, you don't want to replace the switch. You just go and you get another light bulb and you stick it in there. Unfortunately for us, when a tube blows up, even if, you know, the amps three weeks old or, you know, three years old, it's still a crappy light bulb. It's still going to blow up. It's going to die at some point. Mm -hmm. Um, Whether that's tomorrow or whether it's three years from tomorrow, that's the part we have no control over. But the manufacturers that are manufacturing tubes now, JJ throws away 80% of their production. They can make enough money selling us 20% that passes so that they don't have to clean up their practices or fix their systems. And then out of the 20% that they do sell to the public, uh, you know, we'll get 100 tubes in and we may lose like 30% of those tubes in burnout. And that's not, and those are, those are normal problems, and that's a pain in the ass. But what Dave's talking about is what, what percentage of EL34s do you think you're losing right now, Dave? Um, well, it's different problems right now. Right now, the, with, uh, right now we're back to JJ's. We switched back from TADs, the, the Chinese TADs, because yeah. the Chinese tabs, TADs would fail in a different way. They would just dead short and take out the fuse, and one tube's bad in your batch, and 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 they were doing that consistently, though. Uh, so we had to switch. Right. We switched back to JJ's, which I have used before in the past. Um, but now a problem has reared its ugly head that was around about four years ago, uh, five years ago. 
there was a problem where the the JJ tubes uh, would would just uh, have like kind of ghost noises, like crackles in them. And so now yeah. that's the problem I'm having right now, and some red plating. Um, so that that problem that was fixed for a while has now reared its ugly head again. So it's almost like now you got to beat JJ up again and. And then they'll fix the problem, but then four years from now again they'll have a bad batch or something. And right. and you know, it's 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 the batch of tubes when they're made, it's a big batch of tubes and it goes out to all vendors. So so all tube matching companies do will have this issue probably. Um oh, and yeah, frankly, I don't think they test them well enough to catch it. Otherwise they'd catch it. Uh, I think they're missing a step somehow and they're not catching the stuff. So hmm. um, and I think I think you said something that interesting there, Dave, too, and I don't know that most people understand this. Um, when you're buying Ruby tubes or you're buying Groove tube or you're buying, you know, X brand, those brands don't yeah. actually make the tubes. Yeah. They are just buying the same tubes from direct from the source and their entire, um, what they're doing is they're offering a service where they take the um, testing to another level. But he, like what Dave's saying too is, you know, I think you're still seeing fallout within that, even within that group of extra tested stuff too. But people mm -hmm. should understand, yeah. like when we talk about JJ's, you can buy a JJ from ARS or Ruby or Groove Tubes or, you know, insert name uh, here. C distribution or uh, yeah. Right. One of Doug's tubes, whoever. Right. Whoever brands them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So with that said, with these problems that we were seeing with tube manufacturing and even though we all love tube amps, do you think that eventually this is going to lead to just no tube amps anymore eventually? And we're just going to go, go to a, Oh God, let's hope not. All right. No. So, um, well, you know, people were saying that exact same comment back in the uh, in the in the eighties, right? Um, With the rock so, and all that stuff. So you know, so so that hasn't happened yet. Um, still, nothing quite sounds like that. And no, in fact, yeah, and it's yeah. not even sound; it's feel more than mm -hmm. anything. Uh, it's the feel and the immediacy and the veil that's lifted off of the sound where like um, a modeler, although you can maybe record a track and it'll sound the same in the recording, but when you're actually sitting in front of it playing it, it feels different. Mm -hmm. It doesn't react the same way. It doesn't react the same way to your volume knob changes. It doesn't react the same way. To... No, anyway. in fact, I got, I got answered, asked that question uh, by some film crew one time. They asked me what I thought about digital modeling. And my response is, you know, I love my wife. We've been married 28 years. I get to go home to her every night and touch her, feel her, smell her hair and her warm body. Now, if you told me I had to have that relationship with her, but just over a computer, I'd be like, no, nah, it's, it's not the same. It's like digital modeling is the internet porn of the guitar industry. You could have any <laughs> flavor you want, but none of it's going to be real. Mm. Yeah, no, yeah. That's a great analogy. Or someone, or someone, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. People have put that in uh, several different ways. 
Some yeah. like real, some like fake. You know, hey, but you know, <laughs> I'm gonna go for the real. I'm gonna I'm gonna go for the real. <laughs> so what are you talking about, Dave? I have no idea. Um, I think we're talking amps. Yeah, we're yeah. talking amps. We're talking amps, yeah, absolutely. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, there's still a lot of tubes around. There's still a lot of tubes being manufactured. And, you know, hey, maybe maybe the next amp I make will not be based around EL34s. <laughs> what about you know? KT88s or 6 l 6 Can be cool. Can be cool. KT88s are going to add, like, cost to the amp. I mean, the big bottle tubes like that cost yeah. a lot. Um, KT eighty eight. Then you're talking about different output transformers and everything else. Six L sixes, six L sixes. You can, you know, yeah. You obviously, I did it with the Dirty Shirley, but I started with that tube, mm. and then I, I I made the amp around the sound of that power section. Um. So, yeah, I can do that again. It just I got to start from the beginning that way. Mm. Yeah. I, I yeah if yeah if I do another big amp I don't think it's going to be L thirty fours it's just I don't think it can be. Well, gentlemen, I'm going to have to jump off. I have uh, a dinner engagement that I am being summoned to. No problem. So any any last questions? There was actually a bunch. There's of a whole bunch of questions. <laughs> oh really? Shoot. Um. Let's see. There was one question that someone had about your favorite uh, speakers that you prefer for your amps. Well, I think the G12H75 Creamback is the best speaker for my – I use it for almost everything because it's a pretty basic tonal palette. Um, if I'm going for that box thing, uh, then I'm going to – you know, two blues and a 2x12, a single gold. Even the new Alnico Creamback is an awesome speaker. That's but that's going to be for a specific application. Okay, that's good stuff. Um, another question. Here's from, one. Go ahead, Dave. Oh, uh, uh, here's one for you, Joe. What's All the right. deal with the uh, the uh, the uh, NKT two seventy five thing? Uh, NKT two seventy five. What's the deal? Yeah, with your the. I think he's talking about the. The controversy about uh, uh, the big controversy the, the is um, yeah the well the company that we bought the transistors from bought all of New Sensors stock bought everything that they had when they went out of business in the eighties and this stuff has been sitting around since then right we bought um, I guess at some point they had bought. NKT 275s in a TO5 package that were manufactured by um, New Sensor, right? And so they sent them to us in bags that say NKT 275 on them, right? So that's what they had bought from New Sensor. That's what was shipped to them, and that's what was shipped to us, and that's what I had. So I had NKT 275s in a TO5 package that came from new old stock that New Sensor sold to a company in the United States when they liquidated all of their assets. Hmm. And that's what's in the NKT 275. And, you know, people want to piss and moan and berate the fact that it's not the, the right, it, but it is, it's the right freaking transistor. It sounds right. It is right. If you don't want it, don't buy it. But I think it's one of the greatest deals 
in a germanium fuzz face style pedal that we've had in years. Okay. Um, I don't want to keep you from dinner. I think, do you see any other questions, Dave? I don't know. I was looking, I think there was a couple other, but I think we can. Uh... Yeah. Well, you want to stay on the line and we'll let Joe go. Yeah, no, I can stay. That's not a problem. We can, cool. we can go through some of these questions and stuff. Okay. Have a good dinner, Sweet Joe. Sauce. Yeah. Thanks, well, thanks guys. for joining. Yeah. Hanging yeah. Out. yeah. You guys check out uh, morganamps.com, right? That's the address. You got it. And we'll be seeing you at, uh, at summer Nam. Thanks for yeah, coming off. Joe. Days. Yeah. All right. Exactly. Take care guys. Have a great night. Cool. All right. See ya. Thank you. All right. All right. So, um, fun. as, as yeah. Joe's playing video games the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> he was yes, I love. It was multitasking. Multitasking. Yeah. That's pretty good. I, I don't think I could do that. I don't think I could either. <laughs> I couldn't do it. I could. I couldn't pay attention to both. I know. And there's no way. Yeah, I have he, a hard enough time looking at the, looking at the questions and then talking on the screen. Right. Yeah, that's that's hard enough as it is. You know, Tim Pierce yeah. sent me. Um, first of all, he said he always gets confused, uh, at least in these chats, with the uh, the the yeah. real Tim Pierce. Spelled, uh, spelled differently. Is it spelled differently? Yeah. The last name. Yeah, yeah. Pierce is P I E R C E. Ah. Okay. Oh, I wonder. Uh, we can't get Joe off here. I wonder if I should just. Get him out here. Let's see. There we go. Okay. Um, so Tim Pierce sent, sent you a question. All right, and it's uh, I won't go through the whole thing because he basically said that he went he bought an amp uh, one of the from the Eggnator uh, hand wired classes. Um, yeah. He said he ran it through a friend's four by twelve and it was way too much for him. I guess in terms of sound. Um, he said, "I wish I had the budget for Dave's full rig." Uh, but it is what it is. He said, I know Dave makes two by 12s and one by 12s. I wonder what the tone and projection difference is in two by 12 versus one by 12, or would it be better to use two one by 12s? And then he had another question on speakers, which I can kind of, uh, wait if you want to answer the first one. Oh, uh, uh, that's a very good question. Um, I mean, the, the specifically the one twelves that we make uh, uh, is a ported one twelve that sounds a little more like a four by twelve in nature. Um, really good sounding cab. It's still a small cab though. You know, it's still it's still not. Um, That's the one I have. Tell me what I you're doing. I think I yeah, told you. It sounds great. Yeah, it sounds awesome. Yeah. It, it, uh, it depends on what you're trying to do with this amp. I mean, are you just playing it at home and you, you just need a cab to listen to? And um, if that's really the case, um, the one, one by 12 is great. If you got two one by 12s, you can have some options. If you're playing in like a live format, you have some options on where you're placing these one twelves too, which could, could be beneficial to you. You could put one pointing at you in front uh, and keep your volume lower and have one behind you. You could you could do all sorts of uh, you know different ways of setting it. If your drummer needs to hear you more and you can't rely on the monitors, you can point it at him. You know, a, a separate one twelve while one's at you. Uh, two twelve is uh, is um, obviously it's just 
one direction. It's going to, you know, it's going to project pretty good. It's, it's a little bit bigger sounding than the 112. Uh, not as big sounding as a 412. Mm-hmm. Um, they're all good. It just sort of, it depends on your application. Yeah, and I told him that I, at the 1x12 that I have from you, it actually sounds much larger than it looks. That's for sure. Yeah, absolutely. It sure does. Yeah. Um, and then sure. his other question went around speakers, which ties into also what I have, because he asked, will a 20-watt head drive a, the cream backs that you use, which is a 65-watt? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It'll drive it plenty. Uh, it's it's – you're not really – I mean, you, you can use whatever speaker you want, but I mean, it, it, it drives it fine. I mean, generally, you're not deriving a lot of your distortion from the speaker distortion um, that happens when you drive the speaker to oblivion. Mm-hmm. And in fact, sometimes driving the speaker to oblivion actually makes it more kind of unclear and washed over sounding. Um, so it won't have as much definition. Um, so often the the... the the bigger wattage speaker just handles it a little bit better and you get more consistent tone. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, the other question that he had, uh, he was sending me some uh, private messages. So thanks for that, Tim. Thanks for watching the show, by the way. Um, he was saying uh, about cabinet construction. A lot of cabinets are not made very well or from good materials. And he wanted to know what your thoughts are as it relates to uh, different cabinets and how they're made. Well, I mean, generally speaking, um, I mean, all our cabinets are made with with uh, Baltic birch, um, like an old like an old vintage Marshall cabinet would be made from, or a Hiwak cabinet, or 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 various older cabinets. Uh, Baltic birch is generally the best wood for a cabinet construction. It has kind of the best projection, the best punch. Um, uh, it's a five eighths Baltic birch. So it's, uh, I believe that's 11 ply. Um, and, um, that's generally what you used in a good high end cabinet. Now there are exceptions to that in some fendery based, uh, uh, amplifiers. Uh, pine was often used. Um, pine is a soft wood. It's got a different tone to it. It's a different, different thing. So it depends on what, uh, you know, what you're going after. I mean, pine can be great too for the fendery thing. Right, right, right. Exactly. And yeah, yeah. Okay. That's cool. Um, actually, Lou, that's great. Tim says thank you for a lot for the, the answers. Yeah. Um, Lou Sequoia has a question. He says, Dave, have you ever heard a clone of your amps? Uh, uh, I don't. I know there's a couple people that have made clones of my amps, but um, no, I've never heard one in person. Okay, what do you think about that? People making clones of your amps. Mm. Generally speaking, they're making a clone for their own. You know, not for their own profit, but for their own their own um, use. Generally speaking, and they want to see how the circuit works, and they want to try it out, and. Um, I don't really, I don't have an overwhelm. Yeah, you know, I would do it too if I, you know, want to experiment with a circuit and you're playing around with tube amps and learning how to build things. And sure, now if you start to go sell, try to sell it for profit, that's a whole different story. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I mean, then, I was, I was yeah, wondering. Then, then you have to be careful. 
Are there companies that are doing that? No. Or, okay, no. good. No. Yeah, I had actually heard. And, of and it's not so. It's not so easy to do. I mean, you can make a clone, but unless you really have access to everything that we do, um, meaning you're utilizing the same capacitors that we're using, we're utilizing the same uh, output transformer and and the transformers we use. Unless you have access to that exact stuff, mm-hmm. um, you're not going to have exactly the same sounding amp. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's, it's like a chef putting all the ingredients in. Yeah. yeah. If it's not right. Might sound, might sound, might sound good. But, might sound close. Know, might sound close. Yeah. Um, okay. So let's see what other questions. Uh, there was another question about the difference between 6L6s and EL34s. I don't know if you want to talk about that. You know, that's really hard to just put into words. Um, or more consistent, actually. Adam EVH, what's more consistent, EL34s or 6L6s? It sounds like 6L6s. What's a, how, about, how about what's more reliable? What's more yeah. reliable is a 6L6, mm-hmm. um, generally speaking. Um, the, the sound difference. You know that that it's hard to just put that into words. Some people will try to say, "Yeah, the six L six is a little harder sounding of a tube, and it has a little more mid range, or it has a little less mid range." Or, uh, well, that's really so dependent on what circuit you're putting it into. Um, not so much. Like for instance, like uh, you would think that a six L six would impart like some sort of character on the overall tone. So right behind you, you have a, a Fryat power station sitting there, right? Yep. So uh, in the Fryat power station, it's an extremely transparent uh, power uh, uh, attenuator, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Extremely transparent, but it's got six L6s in it. So how can it be that transparent? Depends on the circuit you're putting it in and what, 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 how you built it, mm-hmm. you know? If if the if the six L six gives a certain tone, then you would think that that would give you a certain tone. But in reality, you can A B that if you A B it at full volume um, with your Marshall, and you mm-hmm. just turn the power switch on and off, I've uh, done that, yeah. or standby operate switch or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, you'll you can match it up where it sounds like identical. Right. So exactly. how can that be? Right. <laughs> Yeah. How can that so, be? So it comes down to what? It comes to the way the circuit was designed around the tube and what transformer was, was used and mm. and the negative feedback circuit they use and the present circuit and everything. Wow. So you can revoice the circuit to be more neutral or more colored or more. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very cool. So I had a couple questions for you just off the top of my head because I know that just from a Friedman product line perspective, um, have you released the uh, any pedals that we're still waiting on from regular Winter Nam that the Dirty Shirley pedal? No, or? we we haven't. the uh, The two pedals that will be coming out at the end of August will be the Buxom Boost pedal, um, and the Dirty Shirley pedal. Um, Dirty Shirley pedal, unlike the BEOD, is more of a medium gain overdrive. And uh, go, uh, going a little more for classic sounds, or if you're going to push an already overdriven amp. Um, but it can also work into a clean amp totally fine. Kind of gets you that more fat 
Dirty Shirley kind of tonality to it. Mm-hmm. Um, although, if using it into a dirty amp, you can make it where it's just boosting that amp and giving you more, uh, not necessarily imparting the Dirty Shirley sound on that amp, but it's operating more like a Tube Screamer would or, or one of various overdrive pedals. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that one's going to be really, really cool. Sounds really great. And then the Buxom Boost uh, is a boost, uh, a clean boost with a tight knob on it, like like the BEOD has. So you can filter out the low end if you want to make it tighter with a clean boost. But then it also has an EQ section that you can kick in mm. that has boost and cut on the treble knob uh, and then boosts on the mid and the bass. So in other words, you can take that pedal and make it more of a treble booster, like an old, you know, the old treble boosters that people used to use into their marshals. You can make it uh, kind of a mid-range bump kind of boost for your lead sound. You can uh, you can EQ it so it's more scooped and, and has like kind of a, a, a bright, like a loudness control sort of for, your, for a sparkly clean tone. You can take your dirty Shirley amplifier that you already have and turn it into more of a metal amp if you want because you can filter the EQ in such a way where it tightens it up and does something. You can really make it be whatever boost you need, however you want to voice it. So mm. it's really kind of an indispensable pedal. You can do almost anything you want with it. And uh, I, I think that I think anyone that even owns any sort of amp that just wants a, a pedal to revoice it and recolor it a different way, mm-hmm. it's great for. Very cool. And those are coming out in August, you said, right? Uh, end of August should start shipping. Awesome. Yeah. Um, so this question was to Joe, but I want to ask you also because it piqued my interest. <coughs> what's, what's your go-to guitar when you're testing amps? Is it a Friedman? Uh, I got a lot of them. Um, <laughs> hmm. No. Um, well, yes and no, although I just got a new one. Yeah, you were showing that to me um, before. Copper. This is a new one. It's a copper telly kind of Esquire style with a humbucker. The chopped telly bridge and really beat the hell up. <laughs> that is nice. Um, really cool. Really cool. That guitar sounds amazing. Um, actually, maybe one of my best sounding guitars right now. Really? Nice. Uh, other than that, I, I was always kind of more of a Strat guy growing up. So... Um, I have a couple uh, road-worn strats, uh, black maple-necked road-worn strats that I use. One has a humbucker in it. One is hanging on the wall behind me. It's a black strat up there that has uh, Lindy Fralin uh, single-coil, hump-canceling single-coils in it. Mm -hmm. So that's like a single-coil guitar I have that's kind of hump-canceling. Then I have another duplicate of it that has a humbucker in the bridge, has one of my humbuckers in it. then, uh, I mean, I got several others. I got that Kramer back there that I'm trying to sell. And I have a, a Bernie, old from the 80s, Bernie Les Paul back there. Um, so you never much all- of a Les Paul player? Do I use all of them? At various times, I do. Okay. Like, I'll, I'll just listen to, I just get a wild hair up my ass to, you know, use a different guitar. Right. Apple and just down. listen to the yep. different guitars, yeah. That's cool. Um. I have to get my hands on one of your pickups. That's yeah, it. we can we can do that. So you guys are going to be doing that, right? You're going to be making pickups too. 
Uh, we are going to be making pickups. Uh, I think that, uh, although, uh, I think that's going to be more of a focus, I think, for winter now. Cool. Um, we've had a lot of great feedback on the pickups. A lot of great players that are very picky really like them. Mm-hmm. So, um, so I think we got some winners here. That's cool. And, and, and they're kind of unique. They're kind of unique sounding too. I mean, they're um, nothing quite sounds exactly like them. That's uh, they sound not unique as in not familiar, mm-hmm. but unique like wow, that's really good. You know, that's really kind of totally dialed in. Right. 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 Yeah. And are there going to be different styles, or just just one overall? Yeah, there's there'll probably be. Um, I think I have four different uh, bridge humbuckers that we hmm. we're doing, and there uh, there's a, a couple different neck humbuckers, a couple different heats of neck humbucker. There's going to be some Elnico three single coil pickups uh, that we're doing. Um, Neck, middle bridge, one reverse polarity. If you have a strat, uh, there'll be the P ninety style pickups that we're doing, and uh, t- tell uh, we got a couple uh, different telly pickups too for the bridge position on a telly. Sweet. Uh, although we haven't done a neck position telly pickup yet, but we'll do that too. Mm. Um, there's a cool blade pickup that we did with El Nico 5, which is kind of not done very often. That sounds really, really cool for, for a telly like blade pickup. So if you've got a stock telly that you just want kind of the little, little, a little, more little out. higher output, a little more mm-hmm. humbuckery sound, but still sounds telly-ish. Um, th- that's a really cool one. And it sounds really good clean too, which some of those blade things don't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. You know what I put in my telly? Yeah. I, 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 I tried a, a quarter pounder. You ever you ever see those or try those? Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, been around I mean, it, 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 Yeah, yeah, it beefed it up. It wasn't bad. Yeah, but uh, you know, yeah, this little blade one was really really cool that we experimented with. And uh, what what I, what amazed me is that I, even in an Esquire kind of guitar, this one pickup, uh, you could totally clean it up, and it it sounded just great, clean also, and. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's that's really good. And the idea to make an Esquire that has a switch on it that does series uh, split and parallel on that one blade humbucker. And then it'd be pretty versatile, actually. Yeah, that would. I kind of have I kind of have this thing for Esquires. I kind of like one pickup guitar, sort of. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't know. Maybe that's a product of the 80s, though. But I've always yeah. kind of liked that. And, and I always kind of liked being able to coax a whole bunch of different tones out of that one pickup. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I, well, like the S, uh, like an, uh, well, I have an SG special or an SG junior actually, uh, or, a yeah, Les, yeah, yeah. or a Les Paul junior, you know? Yeah. Those are pretty cool too. Yeah, exactly. That's sort of where that comes from too. Sort of. Yeah. Double exactly. cut Les Paul junior. It's still something I'd like to own. Oh yeah. Actually when I was in LA for, uh, for winter Nam. A buddy of mine I'd known for several years, and another lefty. I bought a guitar from him off eBay a long, long time ago. His name is Bob Mello. Lives in L.A. and um, he's a fellow lefty. And uh, we became friends uh, after I bought the guitar from him, and we just started emailing. and And I finally went to his house this past winter, Nam, and and it was kind of like he opened up the closet for me, 
and it was like all these lefty guitars and i was just like oh you know and um, <laughs> yeah because you don't get to see that <laughs> right exactly it was just like oh my god like yeah. if you, and of course if you came to my house it'd be yeah. the same way but it's uh you know it's quite quite a rarity to have that happen um right yeah but it was it was cool you know just going through like the different guitars that he had and stuff like that but um i forget what my point was um what we were just talking about which led me to my my point with with bob but in any case um that's super cool i'm glad you guys are are uh, coming out with pickups um there was a funny comment that uh thrifty flipside had that he, he said, uh, thanks, Grover. Can you wash your hands before you start the next build? Yeah, I know. I saw that. <laughs> yeah, I don't even want to think about this comment that I made earlier. But, uh, uh, yeah, because you think too hard and it's stuck in your head and you're just like, oh, geez. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Um, so let's see what other uh, questions we had. So is there anything new that's coming out for uh, for Summer now, right now? That you guys are uh, Summer Nam. No, nothing. Nothing new. at Summer Nam. Um, we'll save that for down the road. <laughs> there you go. Is that typical for Summer Nam? Most companies don't come out with new stuff for for Summer Nam. No, or? that's not. That's not. Uh, we. I mean, we. We just ran out of time. Really. <laughs> oh. Really, get something. Something that's together, fun. and and and. It's pretty close, you know. To like, you're 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 still launching your your products that you have from Winternam, and and it's it's hard to get something else together and 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 try to launch it, you know. Yeah, um, especially when you have you had multiple. It's not like you just came out with one product. No, no, we had multiple things, and we're still not all out. So you know, mm-hmm. um, I, I don't. We, uh, Pete Thorne had just done a video of that the Motor City Drive that we mm-hmm. came out with. Uh, I don't know if you saw that yet, Mark, but. I, I haven't had a chance to watch it, but I saw an amazing the video. video, man. It's really, really good video. And that really sort of describes what that pedal does in that video very well. Um, and the other thing about that is that pedal is extremely good for bass players. If they want, you want a gritty bass sound, man, that thing will just do it hmm. really well, really particularly well. So bass players, we have your pedal for you. That's cool. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, I also saw his video on the Fuzz Fiend, which was was great too. Yeah, love, which was great. Yeah. I love how he, he was using yeah. that uh, that I don't know what you call that second button, where it just kind of gives that extra, you know, yeah, that push. oscillation sort of. Yes, thing, and, and thing. yeah, yeah, that was super yeah, no, cool. That super that's cool. really cool pedal. I really like that pedal. That's fun. Yeah, good stuff. Um, so yeah, someone wants to know, have you? Have you ever tried to wire an amp while playing uh, t- Nintendo? Has that ever happened? Uh, uh, well, that no, not me, because I don't play any games like that. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. uh, but Joe, maybe. <laughs> yeah. I'm not yeah, a game it's... guy. I never was, even when I was a kid. So I just, I just you know, it just wasn't. Nah. I, you know, I played them, but I, I, I never, I kind of stopped at, you know, at a certain point. But I was definitely uh, into. Galaga in the eighties, you know, like the yeah, yeah. Well, like arcade games, and maybe a little different, you know, like yeah, arcade games. I still like, you know, like there was a there was a really cool place in San Francisco that is uh, on on one of the piers in San Francisco. It's a it's a vintage arcade that has games going back to the late eighteen hundreds. 
Oh crap. And um yeah, all through like through like the eighties, basically, you know. Right. And um like the history of of games. And and like you see some of like, you know, yeah, sort of you see some of these, you know, archaic little things, but they were sort of games or little sort of things you put your money in and and uh that was really cool. And you can go and play them and you can go, you know, you know, play these games and stuff at this at this arcade. It was really it was fun. It was really fun. That is cool. I thought that was it was really interesting actually. I went to a, um, someone's uh, one of their kids' uh, bar mitzvahs, and they actually had some old style video games, which was cool, like Galaga and Pac Man. Pac Man, and which, yeah. yeah. There's, like, a, there's yeah, a bar. There's a bar or two out here in LA that that have all vintage video games at it now. Oh, uh, you see, that's smart. Yeah, I mean now now see now now those games maybe I'd sit down and play. You know, I'd play Galaga or Asteroids or something like that. Just exactly. Fun, you know? Right, it kind of brings you, know. you back. Yeah, but but, but the game that uh, Joe was playing—that's that's very much the alley of like what my son or somebody else would play. Yeah. I, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Well, you have to hook up your son with Joe, and they'll play online. <laughs> exactly. Um, let's see. Uh, let's see. Uh, let's see. Dave pickups would be great. They wanted to know: Are they wound by Grover? I don't think so. Right. No, they're wound. The pickups are wound at Grover's shop to specs that Grover and I came up with together. So um, yes, they are wound in house where we make the guitars. Cool. So you said you had an order for over ten thousand guitars. Is that what you said? No, no, not ten thousand guitars. Uh, uh, we were we were talking. Uh, I would just. I wasn't really throwing the number of what the order is, but it's okay. a, it was a large <laughs> number, and we we increased it. In order for Grover to make that comment, we increased it by ten thousand dollars. Oh, ten thousand! Oh, I got so, you. So we increased the order by ten thousand dollars with him, and he was like, "Fantastic!" <laughs> I got you. All right, I want to. That's put where the comment came from. Yeah, got you. Okay. <laughs> yeah, no, not not ten not ten thousand guitars. I think how many guitars were on the order? Um, I don't know. I, I, I really actually I really don't. No, that's fine. A no, I was well, thinking we, for 10,000 10, guitars, he would probably have a heart what we, what we have to do, so we have guitars in stock constantly, is we have to place orders of guitars that we want to see or do or, or you know. Okay, we're going to make one that's um, Candy Apple Red that is, uh, you know, with a, with a sunburst under it. And so it's worn away to a sunburst, you know. And, mm-hmm. and, or, or we're going to make a, a gold one or, a, or whatever whatever color, whatever neck, whatever combination of color. So we make some of those up for stock, and then the dealers often pick those from stock. Other times the dealers place an order for exactly what they want or a combination of the two. Mm -hmm. But if they're all to order, it's kind of hard to keep guitars flowing all the time. So we we often uh, spec out guitars ourselves on what we think would be cool. That's cool. And then throw throw them out there to the dealers, and the dealers take them. And mm-hmm. it's, that's how that goes. Cool. Very good. Um, let's see what other questions we've got. Uh, uh, let me see. Oh, any uh, someone well, said? Do most ant makers know each other? I I actually don't think that's necessarily true. Most don't. Um, but I was, 
when I moved to California in 19, you know, 88 or 87 or some year like that, a long time ago, different lifetime. Um, I was fortunate enough to work in this industry starting from when I was, you know, 18 years old. Mm-hmm. So, um, and a lot of the ant makers were out here at the time. So you had, um, guys like Mike Soldano and you had guys like Stevie Fryat mm-hmm. and, uh, I knew Brett, I'm, I'm from Detroit, so I knew Bruce Agnator from Detroit. And I helped Bruce start his company originally. Um, hmm. uh, so a lot of the ant makers are friendly. I mean, they're, I mean, people are friendly with each other, but I just happen to know a lot of them. <laughs> you know? Right. Because, uh, because I've been around them a long time, you know? Right. And so that's why on, on this show that we can have so many different... Uh, different guys. I mean, uh, um, you know, other guys that we should have on is like Jamie from third power. Uh Oh, someone's sneaking in. Say hi. You know, a bunch of guys. I know a few, <laughs> this guy here. I know him. I can't hear you guys. Cause I don't have fancy headphones. Like, that. yeah, that's okay. He's but, just not saying anything. Special. Hey everybody. What's going on? <laughs> not those Marshall Ash back there. What do you got back there? You a small box, something or other. And, you got no, a Fryat power thing on top. Uh, he's got a Metropolis underneath. Metro- I'm waiting. I'm waiting on the Friedman. He, Dave knows that. He's waiting on the Friedman B100. But uh, I got a Metropolis. And, uh, he's got a rut somewhere floating around. Yeah, the runs are over here. It's over here. Is everything backwards, or is the uh, or are you a lefty? He's a lefty. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to hear. Uh oh, that's okay. <laughs> I'm just stopping in for a second. Have okay. A good Thanks for stopping in. He's a good dude. Yeah. So, uh, where were we? Yeah. So, I just happened to kind of grow up in the industry around all these guys. We're surrounded, you know, the Lee Jacksons and the, the Jose Arredondos, although I don't know Lee Jackson. Um, um, well, we were talking about John Sewer, right? Yeah. Yeah. John Sewer also. Yeah. Like, I knew John from being at Bob Bradshaw's shop when he was there and. Uh, we're going to have John on the show at some point. Mike Saldano. Somebody um, commented that Mike, Mike Saldano I'm going to have on the show. I, Jamie from Third Power, I know. We can have him on the show, you know. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we can – and Bruce, we're going to have them on the show eventually. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, uh, Kyle from Rhodes Amplifiers. Uh, I know him. I don't know him that well, but I know him. He likes beer. Know that. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Uh, Cheers! I gotta get another one. Uh, then there's, you know, there's guitar manufacturers too. Don Grosh from Grosh Guitars. Uh, you know, I, we could have the guy from Echo Park Guitars on. I don't know him that well, but I know he'd love to come on. He's a now he's a Michigan guy. He moved to Michigan. Hmm. Um, man after your own heart. Oh man, yeah, yeah, you, yeah. You could go on and on, probably. That's cool. And then there's artists. Then we can break into the artists who, you know, we plan on having some artists on too. Yeah, well, we were were talking. I know that was a question um, that came up. I was uh, talking to Mully. And we were were actually, we were talking and he's like, hey, let's just go online live. I was like, okay. So we went online and uh, and then he started asking me questions. He's like, so who's going to be on the show? Anybody you can name? 
And uh, from artists, I said, you know what, I'm going to hold off until I talk to Dave. But I know you and I talked about Steve Stevens. He's going to come on. Steve Steve is going to come on the show for sure. Yeah. He'll be on the show. Um, uh, there's other guys I'd like to, but since I haven't confirmed anything with any of them yet, I don't want to say. Yeah. But, I mean, you know, I'm sure we can get Phil X on and uh, – uh, John Shanks and, you know, um, a bunch of different producer guys I know too. You know, I could, uh, it would be sort of fun to get Brendan O'Brien on. That would be a great, uh, great guy to get on. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, I can, that's a, I just came up with that right now. So I know him <laughs> and that could happen. That could happen. I'll remind you on that one. Yeah, no, that that could definitely happen. It's just, you know what? It's just really, guys. It's just like a, it's like us figuring it out. It, it, you know, like this two week thing is actually kind of hard to do sometimes. Uh, it's it is. It's uh, to plan to plan it. It's like you do the show and then a week goes by, and then you're like, shit, I got to get another guest. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and, and and then and then you're just like kind of scrambling because you got to, you got to advertise it and, and you got to have, you know, kind of a week roughly or half a week at least to advertise it. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and you're kind of scrambling. So I don't know if I, we'll always say we'll do it every two weeks. No, uh, we'll do our best. We'll do the best we can. We'll do our and, best, but you know, or if not, you know, we'll, you know, we'll see how it goes. Yeah, you know, well, we're definitely going to do some live streams from Nam Summer Nam. That's for sure. Oh yeah, we can do. We'll, we'll you'll probably see a lot of live separate live streams from Nam. So, mm-hmm. um, we can do. Um, we can just kind of go crazy on that if we want. Why not? Yeah, yeah. Why the hell not? Exactly. Um, Jerry hey, Grant, here's a cool player here. Let's go live right now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know? And there's no shortage of that yeah. there. That's for sure. Yeah. Someone mentioned Jerry Cantrell. That would be. That would be great if we could do that. Um, maybe uh, it would be cool. It would be cool. Um, uh, uh, we'll see, though. I, I, I don't. Yeah, it's tough. Um, no. Well, it, it's tough. There's sometimes management involved with some of the artists and things, and, mm-hmm. and as soon as that happens, um, things can go sideways. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, yeah. Well, we, you, were, we were talking, we were, artist, sorry, it's, guys. it's easier. If you're yeah, doing exactly. just straight with the artist, it's easier. Yeah. 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 So, um, so I, I saw, I don't know if I'm allowed to talk about it. So, but I saw, if you want to talk about it, uh, the Neil Sean that you're building him and Ann, that's still happening. We are, yeah. Uh, well, yeah. I'm not sure exactly what it is yet, but we are we are um, in talks to build him a amp, and it will be different, and it'll be something interesting. That's about all I can say right now. We I, conceptually, we have an idea what it'll be, but cool. Then that's awesome. It's gonna it's gonna it's gonna be a while yet. I mean, I think he blabbed it on his social media. So yeah, um, he did. He did. That's we're we're, we're kind of like, well, I guess we're doing it. <laughs> <laughs> there you go well that's always better than someone else on your end leaking it yeah exactly yeah no so hey we got a cool question here which i'm curious about matthew johnson wants to know did you ever have any interaction with ken fisher of train wreck circuits when he was still alive how about jim kelly uh, you know you know i not neither um um 
Ken, I've heard some of Ken's amps, um, and I think they were works of art. I, I mean, just sonically, they were works of art. Um, I never had any, no, I never talked to him. I didn't, you know what, in, in the time that he was still around, I, I don't know if I really totally entire, well, no, he was still around when, what year did he die? Do you, anyone, do you know? I don't know. Anyone off the top of their heads? Was it in the 90s or was it? I can't remember off the top of my head. Um, what did he die from? He died young. I don't even remember what. He had some health issues, and I don't remember what uh, mm. what it was exactly. I'm sorry if this, I'm not trying to offend anyone. I just don't know. <laughs> no, I'm just curious. Um, I, I honestly don't know either. Yeah, and um, so, uh, no, I didn't talk to either one of them. I, I, I like both their amps, though, a lot. Jim Kelly amps were really cool. I think he had some really interesting ideas with the attenuator on the dirty side and it switched in. And I think it was a, a, a could be a really great sounding amp. Um, and, and likewise, uh, I really like the uh, Ken Fisher, the Liverpool amp. I really like, hmm. uh, I like this EL 84 amp. I, I heard, I got to hear one once and play through it once uh, up and close, close and personal kind of. And it was, was really great. <laughs> hmm. It was really kind of special. Were they kind of like that Dumble? No, uh, no, Fisher's amps were not Dumble style amps. Um, he kind of developed his own little circuit that he put in um, that had a little bit of fender in it, and uh, but into different kind of power sections that were a little. The uh, English sort of, so um, it kind of created its own sort of tonality. It was great, great, mm. great amps. Now more, more of what I like than than the Dumble is of what you know the Dumble is. So okay, yeah, I actually have a Dumble circuit in one of my amps, um, a Fender Blackface amp that I have. It has a, a Dumble circuit. It's different. I don't. I wouldn't say I'm thrilled with it. Right. Um, uh, it's unique, but you know, the, every Dumble that was ever made is kind of a one, one, it was made for each player that was made for. Yeah. You and, and it was voiced for them particularly. So unless you're hearing them play through that amp, you're not really hearing it. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. By the way, he died in 2006. Someone says. Oh, it was that late. Uh, uh, yeah. Unfortunately, no, I never had the pleasure of talking to him. Gotcha. Um, do you know Brian Wallace? Someone wants to know. I know Brian Wallace, kind of. I mean, um, um, another Michigander. Um, we know of each other. I bought a few things from him over the years. Um, I really haven't ever sat down with him or you know, been in person and talked to him now. Okay. Um, he does make cool amps and he makes cool transformers. Yeah, I, didn't, I, I don't know him. Yeah. Ryan Wallace. Cool. Uh, Lee Dunn says, howdy, guys. Thanks for coming in. Um, yeah. Curtis Murata, Jer- Jerry Cantrell would be awesome. That would be cool. We'll try to make it work. The, the bottom line is that we'll try to... Cool. We'll do the best I'll, we can. I'll see. I'll see. I'll see. That 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 camp is laced with management and things, and it's mm-hmm. 
sometimes not too bad, but sometimes it's very difficult. I, I, I get that. Um, yeah. Lou, Lou Sequoia, Mark, can you ask Dave about Bob Gijka? Do you know that guy? Bob Gijka? Uh, no. Who is that? I don't know. Um, he mentioned his amps, Gijka amps or something like that. Yeah, no, I saw that. I saw this in the in the chat here. Uh, I, you know, I've never heard of those in my life. Yeah, me either. So I have no idea. I don't. I, I have no. I have no idea at all. What are they? <laughs> <laughs> now I'm. I'm gonna. I'm gonna go look it up now. <laughs> yeah, Gitchka. Okay. Um, interesting. But yeah, I think that's. I think that's all the questions I've got. Was there anything else you wanted to talk about, or anything that um, you're thinking about as far as? Uh, there's some more stuff in here, isn't it? Is uh, it? Yeah. AxeFX2 user. Thoughts on your uh, Dave Schneider. Thoughts on your models they have. Uh, I think they did a really good job because they had all the information they could ever possibly need to do them for us. Um, I think they sound really good. And and funny thing is, most people that use AxeFX use our models if they're using a higher gain tone. Um in fact, almost everyone I've run into do. Um, how do I feel about that? I, that's a good question. <laughs> I think they did a good job with it. You know, it's like, uh, you know, in, in the retail establishment that we also own, we were one of the only uh, dealers that ever existed for AxeFX. So we did have an opportunity to sell them, you know. Um how do I feel about them? You know, it's just like, it's a model or it's a tool. I think it serves a good purpose. Um, uh, does it feel exactly like an amp? Not exactly. No. But uh, uh, does it sound good? Yes. So yeah, you I mean, just be the deciding just, factor. Well, the thing is, when, if, you, if you get in a room where you have your model versus the real thing and you A, B it in the room, Mm -hmm. you'll have to tell me so go do that you know <laughs> but it, my experience is is like a lot of people wind up going oh <laughs> yeah i mean i've i've got the oh. uh, i've got the positive grid uh bias head, yeah. right so that's yeah. similar to kemper similar to the yeah sure and, sure, sure. and they you i can download which i have they've got a friedman be uh, patch, you know, people are doing their amp matching. Of course. Yep. And you can go on there and download a thousand different or probably a hundred different Friedman amps on there, which I'm yeah, sure. Great. Uh, yeah, I was wondering what you think about that. Um, but at the end of the day, just comparing them both to, even though even I had the Runt, I actually downloaded a Runt pa patch and compared it to the, you know, yeah, it was similar from a recording perspective, but to actually play it through a cabinet, and listen to it. Yeah, yeah, it's not, it was, feel the same. Yeah, it was completely different. Yeah. You know. Yeah, you know. How do I feel about all the people making models of the amps on the Kemper and 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 positive grid and whatever else? Um, I kind of think it's sort of like when Napster started. Yeah. Back back in the day, and 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 now how we have Pandora and Spotify and everything. I think it's ruining 
the guitar industry like giving away music ruined the music industry. So, you know, you work long and hard at your craft and you, you fine tune what you do. And then someone goes and buys the amp, models it, and then returns the amp. Mm-hmm. Um, Super hot. You know, in the end, in the end, you're just going to kill it. You know, eventually, maybe there'll be no amps to model left because no one's making anything new. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, what happens if some everyone stops making tube amps? Mm, so you're going to have to just do all the old amps, I guess, forever. You know. But I mean that that could very well be what happens in the future. I'm not sure. Oh, then again, then again, there's there's a, you know, in the in the music industry, there's a big thing about vinyl now again. You know, so, and every year vinyl sales are going up, so people are going backwards in some respects also. So I also have seen some people going back to amps from modelers because mm-hmm. of the same reason reason people are going from you know their mp3s to the vinyl it's just it sounds better it's it's just easier to use you're not paging through a thousand menus mm-hmm. to try to you know get your tone hey look and I've I, got I mean, a- that, I mean, that's got to be annoying live exactly i mean i have to turn the gain up hold on let Wait. me change let me change i'm almost there hold on guys hold on let me <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, it's it's, uh, I, I, and I'm not saying that you know it's not viable technology and it's not a tool for the the guitar player. It is, and it, and and I don't necessarily think it's fundamentally bad, but it's theft. That's what that's called. It's theft. Yeah, it's kind of theft. Um, and you know, people might disagree with me, but I don't care. I I think it is when you go on there, and I type in Friedman, and a, a you know a fifty different amps come up, you know, and you can do that with any one of these other, you know, modelers. It, it's but if, you can, I'll tell you I'll tell you what though, if any of them actually use the actual name, uh, in selling the product, well, that's selling. They're in trouble. Yeah, but when you have something like a like like you said, like this uh, tone cloud, right? Where it's yeah. where people can just like Napster, where they just throw up their yeah. here's my amp match of a Friedman amp. It's still they are calling it Friedman, but it's free, so there's no sale. Yeah, you know, but it's part yeah. of the it's part of the it's part of the sale of the actual thing itself, though. You know, so it's right. I don't know. It's not ethical. Let's just say that. Um, at least I'm going to say that. Well, I mean, you know, how do you feel about the music industry now, guys? You know, how do you feel about uh, what's going on with that? How do you feel as a musician, uh, you not being able to make a living at it anymore? How do you feel about all that? So uh, you tell me. I feel bad about all that, and you shouldn't do this stuff either. Mm-hmm. Because uh, you're just contributing to the same sort of thing that kind of ruined the music industry so it's true it's true yeah um we got a good question here from matthew johnson he says being a big tony iomi fan i've always wanted to try out an old laney super group from the 70s 
an old super group. Have you, either of you tried, uh, yeah. you know what he's talking about? Or have, have they come in? Yeah, for yeah. Laney, Laney super group had a very cool, very cool lamp. Uh, very similar to uh, a Marshall in a lot of respects. Um, similar architecture, how it's done, yeah. like an old or input Marshall. Um, but different choices and parts and some voicing choices and stuff. But very cool. I've worked on a bunch of those over the years. Yeah, yeah. very cool amps. But, you know, you got to have everything else that Tony had in front of it, too, <laughs> to get it to sound, you know, sort of like, you know, his did. So. Yeah, and then... And you know what? I'm not totally up on exactly what that was either, so I couldn't, I couldn't tell you. Uh, <laughs> it might be a treble booster in there, I think, maybe, and other things a lot a lot of those old bands use treble boosters like the english english bands and stuff uh to to push the front of their marshals and uh like judas priest and things like that would use a old treble booster to boost their four input marshals into more distortion and a kind of a tighter more you know metal sort of sound right right, right. Yeah. uh tim pierce asks will dave modify any other amps sure i still modify amps don't expect it to get done really quickly, but uh, <laughs> I, I do. I do get some in. Um, I try not to take them in if I got too much work sitting here. Uh, you know, I try to tell people hey, wait for a couple months and then talk to me then and let me clear my backlog because I don't really feel good about letting people's amps sit here forever. Yeah. Exactly. But I'm warning you up front. If you want to, you can let it sit here, and I will get it done eventually. But um, it's just like it'll take a little bit of time. Mm -hmm. And as you know, patience isn't my virtue. (laughs) (laughs) You want it now. I suck at that. You know that. So I'm just going to tell you up front. I'm a patience. uh, I suck at that. It's just, I, I'm sure it, it's not, it's just, it's probably a musician thing. It's just, you know, it's kind of like, oh, I, I want that. And I really want it now. <laughs> you know? I don't know. Maybe uh, we should make, maybe we should make your amp that I'm making with white panels. Did you white, see that picture? No. That I sent you? No. The, the Stevens picture? Let me see what you sent me. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. I'm not saying that color. But. No, I like the white panel actually. The white panels are cool, and and when you think, and it's got clear knobs. So I like now, when you think about that, you could have any color, and it would go well with the white panels with the white and the clear knobs. Like you could do purple, you could do whatever. Yeah, that's true. You could do it all white. You could do white on white on white. That would look hot. That would look hot. Yeah. I, I, I made that amp, and we made that amp for Steve, which will be probably I probably already posted on his social media. He did. Um, he did already. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It, it's it's it, it's an it's an eye catcher. Go check that out on Steve Stevens' social media, yeah, and you'll right. see. I, yeah, you can't really see that well on the screen. Yeah. It's a it. pink BE one hundred half stack with go. white panels, clear knobs, white logo. And then it has the blue, the really expensive blues breaker grill cloth on the cabinet, yeah. which is is an arm and a leg, but it's really cool looking. It looks gorgeous. So, I'm surprised. Now he got a BE instead of getting uh, his signature model. Uh, he uses both. He has both. So okay. I mean, 
He's got, I mean, he's got several of his signature models, and then he has uh, a, a crocodile, black crocodile skin BE mm-hmm. um, that he has in his live rack uh, with one of his amps, and then he has now this pink BE. So, which that he's yeah. going to use on Kings of Chaos, you said. I think I, I think he said he was going to use it on more like gigs that you know that are not involving his his main touring rig. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't know what he's going to use it for. I don't know, but he he wanted to make it, and it was it's fun cool. to make. It was actually it's really like when you see it in person, you're like, wow, okay. <laughs> yeah, it looks nice. It's cool. It's, it, it's actually cool. Yeah, um, and he can pull yeah. it off. So. Well, um, you know, like I think I, I think I, I think I told him I go. Obviously, you're very secure in your masculinity. <laughs> that he is. So uh, yeah, so you know, there you go. So in his six inch heels. Well, you know what I really like. I mean, we did we did a, a, a vintage T guitar in um, like shell pink with a tortoise pickguard mm-hmm. with a matching headstock, and uh, shell pink is not quite like that pink. Right. It's more of that 50, 50s sort of pink. It's a little more subdued, salmony pink sort of subdued. But man, that guitar was so cool. Yeah, I mean, to me, like I look at the case, I'm like, oh wow, I want that. <laughs> you know, so it's unique. Yeah, it's definitely yeah. nice. It's got a cool I, vibe I to it. To make, I have to make one of those for myself. There you go. Gary Moore used to play a pink guitar. Did he? Yeah, he had a pink strap. I know Jason Becker did. No pink did. strap. Yeah. No, Gary um, Here's a question for you. Dave, are you working with Synergy, amp- Synergy Amps? I think you were, yes. right? Yeah, no. Synergy, uh, yeah, Synergy is actually being manufactured as we speak. It, like, literally, I've seen multiple units done. Um, so everyone that's been waiting for that, uh, it's finally... Coming out, we'll be at uh, Synergy. Will also be at uh, Nashville Nam, Summer Nam, oh, okay. um, in in the same booth that we have. Um, and there's uh, uh, from from us. Uh, you know, the Synergy deal is that every company is licensed real licensed modules from the real companies. So mm-hmm. there's a Soldano module that Soldano, uh, you know, okayed. There's a Metropolis mm-hmm. module. Metropolis, okay. There's uh, my modules. I have three modules right currently. Uh, so like a Dirty Shirley module, the BE and the HBE modules. Um, then there's some Synergy branded modules, some different clean ones or semi-dirty ones and uh, a few others. And uh, there's a Morgan and there's going to be Fryette module coming and and more down the road. And, you know, you can put it, there's not going to go into too much detail, but there's different hardware and uh, there's all sorts of different hardware from amps to preamps to a little box that you can kind of add a preamp channel to one of your amps that has an effects loop. Very cool. Yeah, that is super cool. So, but it's, I don't know anything about it. I actually just turned up the, uh, the the web page on it. So it's an actual physical amp, but it'll have modules like a Friedman module or like you said, a Metropolis. Well, there's module. a there's a, a 50 watt amp and a and like a 30 watt amp. Uh, the 30 watt amp is a one module with a clean channel installed in the amp. Mm. The 50 watt is a two module amp, 
and then the rack mount preamp, a single space, is a, a two-module amp with a stereo effects loop, cabinet emulation, <laughs> and also that unit has the ability to uh, hook up to your amp that has an effects loop already and switch between the preamps that are in that unit versus your preamp hmm. in, your, in your head. Right. So in other words, you can say you want your Soldano sound and your Morgan sound and all this stuff. You can hook it up to, say, your Metropolis head back there and right. have uh, all those sounds. That's and sweet. then there's a little box, too, Sin 1, which is uh, a small box that can just sit up in the corner of your amp. And if you just want to add and switch between where it adds one module to your existing amp. Hmm. So, so say you're a traveling musician and you want to take something that, you know, sounds good. You can take this little sin one box. You can put in your suitcase, right? You can show up and they can have a uh, Fender DeVille amp or something for you rented. And you can plug it into that. And say switch between the clean channel of that and the, maybe a cool Friedman Dirty channel, hmm. you know, and just utilize that amp and you can get a, a pretty good tone out of it instead of necessarily using what kind of crap rented amp they have given you. Exactly. No, that's super yeah. cool. Yeah, yeah that's, that's interesting. Cool. Yeah. Uh, and you said they're going to be at Summer Nam too. Yeah, yeah, they'll be in the, the booth with us there. Yeah. That's cool. Um, I should probably look up what our booth is and I could actually tell people. <laughs> yeah, that'd be good. Uh, it might be on my Facebook already. Uh, in fact, it should be. Uh, but, uh, let me see. I don't know. I, uh, I can go look one second and let people Yeah, know. I could go to NAM thing too, but, um, on, probably on. on the official Friedman Facebook if there's a NAM announcement. On the Friedman thing right now, so I'll tell people. Uh, let's see if there's a summer NAM. I see the uh, I see for the the All Star Jam, which is at 8 p.m. at Soulshine. Yep, but I don't see what booth you're going to be at. That well see. then. I might be able to tell you in a minute here so we can get it out of the way. Yeah. I'll find it. So anyway, more questions? Yeah, I'm going to keep looking. While I'm looking? Uh, Let's see. Um, Someone said, Tony usually ran a modded range master in the bass channel on his ladies back in the 70s. Yeah, that makes sense. Most people that... Yeah, most people that ran a range master, even like Judas Priest and stuff, ran into the bass channel of the amps. Uh, and then they boosted the treble with that. And Yeah. Interesting. But keep going. Sorry, Mark. No, it says uh, he would also use a Tycho Bray parapedal wah. Didn't start any more nah. stuff until the Dio years. Interesting. Um, let me see. Uh Someone asked, yes, the, I don't know what the question was about the runt, but someone said the runt has a direct out. It does. It actually has yeah. a load, so you don't even need The runt 20 has the load. Right. Was there a particular reason why you did it on the 20 but not the 50? The load has to be a lot bigger, and I didn't have a lot of room. Ah. That's why. Okay. Um, hey, Dave, were you ever in a band? Jade and James wants to know. 
Yeah, a long time ago in a different lifetime in Detroit. <laughs> and you, still, um, you don't play with any guys now or anything like that? I don't have any time at all. <laughs> yeah. I, I hear you. Uh, no time at all. Um, Let me see. Show uh, directory. Here we go. We're going to find it. Okay. I think we covered most of these questions that I see. Um, and the question, well, there was another question about um, we're going to be doing live streams, but the, uh, someone's not on, on Facebook. And I said, I'll do my very best to take those live streams and put them on YouTube. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or so um, okay. our booth is 1443. 1443 at Summer Nam. Starting on the 13th, I believe. 13th, 14th, and 15th, I do believe. Uh, I think it's actually isn't the 14th. Uh, 14th is Friday. Right. So it's yeah, 13th, so it's the 13th, 14th, 13th, 14th, 14th, and 15th. You got it. Yep. So there is no Sunday we'll NAM? There for the, no, no Sunday NAM at this year. Okay. No Sunday NAM in summer, I guess. One yeah. less day. That's cool. That's good. I'm, I'm leaving Sunday anyway, so I'll be there the 14th and the 15th, flying in the 13th. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Well, good so, timing because you can come to our show. Oh, I can't wait. And it's my wife's birthday, by the way. So, oh. So you have to just call her, I guess. No, no, no. She's going to be with us. Oh, she's oh, she's coming. Oh, okay. Yeah, she's coming. She's going to be spending, uh, spending uh, most of the time with my cousin's wife. Just chilling. Oh, okay. But she, I think I said, why don't you come to the Friday night shindig, you know, have some drinks and watch some music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that, it's going to be fun. Yeah, that'll be cool. Uh, yeah, so uh, uh, we're, we're actually, uh, Seduce is actually playing a short set again. Yeah, I saw that. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's going to be a bridge set, pretty sh- a short one, but. But yeah, they're gonna they're gonna get up since all of them are gonna be in town at the same time. Why not? Yeah, right? Why not? Exactly. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've never seen them live except for video. So yeah, there you go. Well, you I, you know whether or not this place is exactly the best venue to see them live, uh, <laughs> I don't know because it's it's kind of apparently it's rather small and not necessarily like. Like there's not going to be a credible amount of volume or anything you know, that's generally involved with their shows. Um, yeah, but, uh, it's a pizza place. But we'll see. Yeah. Well, yeah, but it's a whole live venue up- upstairs, evidently. So. Yeah, um, I, I did a tour. There's a, if people want to check it out, there's a, you can look up Soulshine in Nashville. There's going to be they they actually have a 360 thing where you can go upstairs and check out the stage and. Yeah, they they evidently enclosed. The upstairs used to be uh, outside. And apparently they enclosed it now or something. I'm not sure. Oh, cool. What the, it looked nice. What the deal is exactly. It looked it looked rather large, spacious at least. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure it'll be good. That's cool. Um, let's see if there's any other questions. Uh, so, oh, someone mentioned James Lugo. What about James? He's in Nashville. Yeah. Uh, I got to reach out to James. Actually, get him to come out. Someone said, In fact, we'll get James up to play. Oh, yeah? 
Is he a good Yes, player? that's a good idea. He's a great singer. He is a great singer. And he's a great singer and um, a great guitar player, too. So, in fact, I need to now I need to text him. There you go. There's so many things I have to do that I'm not thinking about and people that I have to contact. So, so we have a question here, and I, I don't want to throw a question to you that's going to cause anything. Uh-oh. Uh, Dave, did you have a scrape with the owner of PWE? I don't know what that is. I don't really think so. Um, um, that's a good, that's a, that's a good, uh, it's a very good question. I don't really know myself. Uh, okay. So, so I, I, I'm not exactly sure. Um, um, I haven't talked to him in a long time, so I don't really, I don't really know. I know as a deal, we used to be a dealer for his amps here at, at the Tome Merchants, um, a long time ago, and I know that he's done some repair service for us uh, in the past, but I don't know. I, I, I kind of rumored that he there was something going on, but I don't know why, to be honest. Hmm. So. Okay. Um. <laughs> so, so, no, not in my book, I didn't, I, but I, in his book, I don't know. There you go. Yeah, you never know what's going on. Oh, on I don't know. Uh, someone, right. wants to, someone wants to know if your effects loop is tube driven or solid state. It's a high voltage FET driven effects loop. Uh, Not tube. More transparent than a tube. Uh, Sinner said he was going to see Seduce in Detroit, but there was a mustache that got in the way. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> I won't even go there. Um, yep. But hey, Sinner, I'll I'll take some video for you. You'll go see him next time. No mustaches allowed. You, you um, guys, you guys should you guys should catch him at one of their like own shows in Detroit. That's that's yeah. the place to catch him. So. Yeah, he was going to go see him that one night when you guys had that show. Yeah, they're they're yeah. Like if there's a place to see them, it would be on their own show and their own and their own turf. You know, um, it's pretty good. <laughs> That's cool. Um, always, always have been. Yeah, I, I, you know, I never heard of them until you mentioned them, so I had to check it out. Yeah, it's you know, it's kind of really strange about that the band. I mean, they were they were they were the largest rock band in Detroit um, during the '80s for sure. Hmm. And uh, I mean, they would they would. There's a venue there called Harpo's. Harpo's is a pretty reasonably large venue. It's like maybe 1,500 to 2,000 people. Hmm. Um, and they would sell during the '80s. They'd sell that out two nights in a row. Wow. And uh, you know. They ever get signed? That's, you know, they yeah, they were signed to IRS Records, uh, Stuart Copeland's record label. Um, they did a record for IRS Records. 
they started touring with that and then the record label sort of imploded it wasn't really the right record label for the kind of music it was mm. at the time can you uh, still find their album somewhere yeah i mean you can actually go you can actually go on youtube and actually get um both their albums they had an independent record before that hmm. um and the independent record they liked the independent record more they they thought that the uh the way the producer produced the the second record was not really to their liking in the end he tried to make it a little more uh 80s music of the time a little more commercial Mm-hmm. And that isn't really where they were at, I don't think. Um, I mean, they're a hard-edged rock band that was, you know, kind of ass-kicking. Mm-hmm. I mean, to see them live, they're just very ass-kicking. I mean, just from start to finish, it's it's like it's, it's, a, it's something to see. I can't wait. And, to see and Dave Black, and Dave Black was that guitar god of that era in Detroit. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of funny. Because when we when Dave comes out and does shows with us and stuff, um, people come up to like we were at Sweetwater and I swear to God every single day there was like six or seven people that came up to him and know who he was and know all about the band. It's it's like the Seduce fans are like this loyal bunch and they just crawl out of the woodwork hmm. and, and anywhere he goes it was it, it was interesting. And they were in that movie, Decline and Fall of the Western Civilization. So that that kind of they kind of got a calling card from that. Oh, really? I I saw that yeah. movie a really long time ago. Yeah, yeah, they were in that. Okay, I'll have to check that out. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. I'll I'll definitely check out their album. Very cool. Yeah, no, it's it's it, it, it's 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 cool. I mean, uh, it's cool stuff. But I don't think I don't I I think they would agree with me too that I don't think that they're live thing was ever captured on record yeah what they did live was never really captured on record Mm. and and that's what really was the 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 thing right so yeah that's too bad um but they're still they're still making music they're still touring or are they doing new music or they're still uh i don't know what's going to happen with new music or not um we'll see um they might they might do something um and uh, so they have a bunch of songs that they had from the past that they never recorded. So they've been flirting with the idea of doing that, re-releasing some of the records. And mm-hmm. um, they still play several shows a year now. It seems like that's kind of more on a regular basis now than than in the last so many years. Mm-hmm. So something might happen, you know. They'll probably, you know, next year, they'll probably, I mean, well, starting next fall, that you'll probably see several shows that'll happen through the course of uh, the year. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, you want to take a few more questions? Sure. If we got them. Yeah. Uh, someone says, have, you, have either of you guys tried out George's Superplex yet? Thoughts? I have not. I have not personally tried it out. I mean, I've tried the Metroplex. I've heard George play through the Superplex. Um, it was pretty cool sounding, I thought. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, but I can't comment because I didn't play through it. Yeah, yeah. I've only seen the videos. I can tell that just based on the videos that it's uh, much more of a JTM 45 
Yeah, yeah, it's a little little different. Yeah, texture. It's definitely less less gain, cleaner, more headroom, yeah. kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have not three score ten. Have not seen it. I can tell you, I have the Metroplex, which is definitely a very cool amp. Uh, it sounds great. Um, and I can say, Dave, that uh, compared to that Marshall that I have sitting on top of it, it's not. It's like not even close. Um, yeah. Marshall was. Uh, I, I should return it. <laughs> I should just send that thing back or do something with it because <laughs> now there's right. no need. There's no need for it anymore. Quite honestly. Um, right. And right. When, right. Right. And then once I get the BE, it's like, all right, I'm done. Um, let's see. All right, so I haven't tried that. Let's see if there's any other questions before we take off. Uh, see, the problem, Mark, with, with having so many amp builders on your show that you're going to wind up with an amp from every one of them. I, I, <laughs> no, I can't. I can't do it. I, I've got, you know, like I, I would love to have a VHT um, or a Fright or with that Sound City, but, I mean, there's just so many, so many that you can – I just, you know, uh, unless I want to be divorced – <laughs> you need a bigger house i need a bigger house or, or another one <laughs> my wife's not going to tolerate uh too many more three thousand dollar amps <laughs> yeah, right. it's just it can't it can, only something has to give but uh yeah. but I, like i said i think i'm stopping at the be um or at least i'll uh, at least i'll tell her that so uh <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. You know this is on video, right? I know. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just kidding, honey. I'm just, she knows I'm kidding. Uh, let's see. I don't think there's any other questions that I saw, so I think we're good. Uh, oh, uh, Dave, do you have one tube or more in each of your pedals? I think there's just one tube in each of the pedals. It's one tube in each of the tube pedals, yes, correct. Yeah, so the Fuzz Fiend and the Motor City Overdrive. Right? Uh, yeah, the fuzz fiend, the, the fuzz fiend, and the Motor City Drive. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Sorry, I was looking. At, see, I can't do two things at once. I was like, <laughs> I was reading the, I was reading some of the stuff on the chat, and. Yeah, we got another question from uh, Tim Pierce, Dave. For your twenty-one amps, what is your tube of choice, and do you use six V six tubes? I know uh, the twenty-one amps are all are EL eighty fours. Uh I don't use 6v6. There's something inherent in the 6v6 I don't love for what I do with my overdrive circuit. Um, not saying that it's not a cool tube. I just don't really like it for what I'm doing. Um, although I wish, I wish I could still. I wish I wish I could use it actually in some respects. Um, the EL84 that we use is a JJ EL84 which is a little bit more bold and a little stiffer and a little less compressed than some other EL84s. Mm. Um, and also the only ones that will hold up in our, in our 21 amps because I push the hell out of those tubes and those amps to get the tone that it gets. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and if people that have owned those amps go, I can't believe it's an EL84 in it. Well, yeah, it is. But, but it's so big and sounding and yeah, it <laughs> old is. and loud. And, and uh, yeah, well, that's how I push him pretty hard, probably harder than I should, to be honest. But yeah. <laughs> now are they, is that, um, can they be biased? 
the uh, no, it's a cathode bias amp. So no, you just pop in a new set of tubes. Luckily, EL eighty fours are cheap. You can get uh, some spare sets, and if you got a problem, you just pop them in, and you're done. Mm. So, okay. That's cool. Yeah, yeah, it was like it was like that. I just sw swapped the tubes out on my uh, my fifty one fifty, the PV fifty one fifty combo. That's fixed, right. fixed bias, also. Well, sort of. Yeah. Not really. Yeah, it's what, what it's, they it's, have. It's not a cathode biased amp. It's a, it's fixed, meaning you can't adjust it unless you change <laughs> the resistor in the amp. But actually, really, that amp need, needs biasing. So what do you have to do? You have to put. You have to take out that that you resistor. To, and put a. Well, you can, or you need to you bridge a resistor across it if you need more current, or put a bigger one in if you need less current. But in those amps, you always need more current. Um. So uh, yeah, I mean, it sounds a lot better actually if you bias it properly. I'm sure it would. I'm sure it would. Damn. Yeah. yeah kind of a pain in the butt, but yeah. Why'd they do it that way? Was it just cheaper that way? From a production perspective, yeah, they and they were running those co tubes really cold in those amps, so they would last. So they wouldn't long. have tube problems. <laughs> uh, let's see so, if there's a, uh, any other questions. Is wait, dumb question: Who is Dave, a builder? <laughs> I don't know who Dave is. Uh, hey, you know what? Go look at Friedman Amps on on uh, YouTube, and I think you'll find enough videos to understand what I do. There you go. <laughs> if you don't know, yeah. Well, why are you? Even, how do you even know to watch this if you don't know who I am? <laughs> or maybe it was Joe Morgan. I don't know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm not exactly sure. You know, I'm like going. How do you even find this then? Yeah, I don't know. Because certainly, uh, no one's looking up Mark Uzanski, That's for sure. <laughs> wow, look at this. Here's a good one from Lou. Lou uh, Sequoia. I don't know how to pronounce your last name. Yeah. Did you guys find that Joe looked a little serial killer? <laughs> <laughs> yes, maybe a little bit. <laughs> I like that. Oh, that's, that's bad. <laughs> oh, man, that's good. But he was a super nice guy. Oh, yeah. Joe's great. Yeah. I think it was just because he was killing people in the video games. That's probably why. It could be. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was uh, it was interesting. <laughs> Adam says, keep going. Don't wuss out. <laughs> uh, I'm getting tired, my friend. Uh, we're almost going on three hours, too. Um Okay, let, let's see what my wife says. April, he's, hey, guys, looking forward to meeting you, Dave, next week. That was nice. There you go. Oh, yeah. All right. We'll meet. And I got my wife with me, too. All so. right, good. So they can sit and talk. Um, sure. My wife will be drinking because it's, be, it's her birthday. Um, Dave and Mark, thanks so much for your great show. Looking forward to live NAM feeds. Yep, we'll be doing that. Um, mm -hmm. I'm going to be trying to... Uh, get a shirt that actually says Tone Talk on it. I've been slacking really badly, and I'm now that I I might be able to do that over this. I week. gotta wash all my I gotta wash my clothes to go to Nam. I'm leaving Saturday night. There you go. So, yeah, you gotta. Prepare. I'm like thinking to myself. I'm thinking to myself. Let's see. It's almost eight o'clock here. I gotta go home and wash clothes. Oh God, no! I'll probably do it all literally right before I leave for the airport. <laughs> you're leaving. You're leaving tomorrow. Literally tomorrow. 
I'm leaving tomorrow night with the red eye flight. So wow. Now they already shipped everything that's going to be there for the show. Are you getting an, uh, an actual? Is it a booth, or are you going to have that sound room too this this time? No, no sound room, unfortunately. So we'll be playing very quiet. Um, uh, it is a forty by ten booth. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't have forty feet, but uh, you know, in with us, uh, we have us, and we have Synergy amps, Tone King amps, Morgan amps, Wampler. Mm-hmm. Um, a few Bogner pedals will be there, and then Wampler has his little section of it too. So, mm-hmm. yep, very cool. It'll be good. We'll be right across the uh, the Friedman end of the booth is right across from Kiesel, and the Wampler end of the booth is right across from JHS Pedals. Oh, cool! So, so all, I know a lot of Kiesel, Kiesel artists will probably want to come plug the guitars into the Friedman amps. Oh really? <laughs> well, like yeah. They, they, your guitars are cool. Yeah, they look pretty cool. I saw yeah. a, there was a um, <coughs> a lefty Jason Becker model that I saw the other day that could get me in a lot of trouble too. Oh yeah. Um, speaking of that, just flat, just flash a lefty guitar in front of Mark. I know. <laughs> it's it's a, it's a sickness. I swear. And Grover's hey, Mark, on. Look, a lefty guitar. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen a few that I've actually. There was one that was at a guitar center. No, Sam Ash. This past week, I was at Sam Ash, and they had. It looked like a, um, a Paul Stanley, like mirror body. Oh shape. yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it was like three hundred bucks used, uh, and I, I picked it up and I held it, and I was like, no, no, I'm not. I was like, that'll just be a wall hanger. I'm not going to, you could always, you know, you could always learn to play, um, you know, right-handed guitar upside down and backwards. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Like, like Eric Gales does. Oh, I I don't, him and, um, uh, Doyle Doyle Bramo. Yeah. Yeah. I don't don't know. You watch Eric Gale. I was just watching some videos of Eric Gales, who's an amazing guitar player. And, and, um, uh, he, he's very interesting in how he what he does. It's not just the basic blues. It's kind of like a different. Uh, I don't know. A client of mine was pointing him out and showing me a few videos. I'm like, man, it's really good. I I, I kind of get it, but mm. but watching him play the licks and fret the chords backwards, it's bizarre. I can't even contemplate playing left handed first off, but then reversing your whole thinking about how you're chords and everything boy that just forget it yeah i don't i don't know I, how i can't even I don't know. yeah i don't know how they, these guys i guess it. they just picked the guitar up and they learned that way you know that's how it happened you know yeah but they that they when they were trying to teach themselves they had to invert but why did they them. do that i mean what at that point it couldn't they have learned it righty then if you if you you know i mean like if you you're forcing yourself to play it a different way then couldn't you learn righty i know people that have done that too they're left-handed to play righty yeah, a lot of people. Yeah. yeah. I don't get it. Yeah. Albert so they, King was they the just same way. to play that one. They just picked it up yeah. and were like, okay, it's upside down. I don't care. I'm gonna, I'll learn to play like that. Yeah. It's cool stuff. Um, That's crazy. Adam EVH, get some Tone Talk uh, t-shirts, Mark, and I'll buy one. Um, yeah, I'll get, I'll get some made. No problem. Oh, Doug Rappaport, too, has good phrasing. Yeah, that – He's a very unique. Oh, Doug's player. amazing. Yeah, yeah, very unique player. Yeah, another Friedman artist of ours. Um, yeah, 
He it's doesn't have a signature amp, far. right? Does he have a signature? No, 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 okay. no, 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 no. Okay. No, I'm, I'm trying to avoid signature amps, but <laughs> sorry for the. And you're like, no, 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 no. I'm trying to avoid, but we'll see how this Neil Sean thing goes. Um, is that going to be a signature thing, or is that just going to be? Uh, you don't know. I, I, I don't know what it's going to be yet. Okay. So we'll see. Um, I know he has a. A, a Nags guitar, right? Doug Rappaport. Yes, he does have a Nags guitar now. Yep. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, he's um, a great. He's a great player. Oh yeah, he's fantastic. Yeah, definitely unique. Um, someone said I was thinking Unabomber. <laughs> I know. I saw that. <laughs> wow. I mean, I didn't get a Ted Kaczynski feel there. I really didn't. Wow. So so we, we got we got serial killer and unibomber for Joe Morgan. <laughs> wow. Okay. Joe, I hope you're not watching. <laughs> I doubt it. He's having dinner. Yeah. What's the base start for a signature amp? Well, I think everything you've done has been the B E has been kind of the base, right? Uh yeah, uh yeah for the signature amps that exist everything sort of started with the BE although it kind of did morph into slightly different territories with all of it um and they distinctly sound different um uh mm-hmm. well that's sort of where it started yeah yeah but i mean you change f- four or five parts and it's a, it feels it feels it sounds it's a different amp yeah you know? Uh, let's see. Jaden James says, I'm looking for a used small box 50. If anyone's selling, um, is there carbon comps in your amps, Dave? I don't know what that means. There are no carbon comp resistors in our amps. Uh, you, there used to be one, (laughs) but it became very unreliable. So we chose not to put it in anymore. Um, Carbon comps you also can't really get in, in a lot of places in the amp. You can't really get electrical approval on and stuff when we have electrical approval on most of our amps. So, um, so yeah. So, there you go. Okay. No. And it doesn't really, uh, it doesn't really uh, go necessarily with the tone that we're shooting for in the amps. Um, you know, carbon film resistors were, were widely used in you know, sort of Marshall-style amps, and and that's that's what we use in the amps, one-watt carbon film resistors, um, except for some little spots where we use some other wire-wound resistors and things. Mm. Um, so, no. Okay. Uh, if, I, if I was uh, maybe doing, if I was trying to do a, a really traditional Fender amp, I would consider using carbon comp resistors because that's what a fender had, mm. but uh, not um, the other. Th- the other problem is carbon comp resistors that exist today that are new manufactured carbon comp resistors aren't the same as the old ones. So there are a lot of surplus resistors you can still get from Allen Bradley, but that's going to dry up eventually and the new ones don't quite sound the same. So mm. There's a more detailed answer than you probably even wanted. <laughs> so that's cool. No, that, that's something new. I didn't. I didn't even know. Um, 
Another question here. Hey, Dave, and I, I certainly have an answer for this for myself. Any tips and procedures on how to change tubes and bias an amp? Um, tubes and tips. Well, I, uh, uh, hmm, tips. Well, I mean, you, get, you basically have to get yourself. I mean, if you want to mess around, it's high voltage, okay? So remember this. So I'm not advocating you do this. So it's at your own risk. But um, but frankly, if you get shocked, it probably won't kill you. So don't worry about it. <laughs> you might not like it very much, though. <laughs> um, It'll hurt. Uh, it kind of hurts. You know You know what the worst thing is about getting shocked from an amp, like on a bench? And, and as techs, we do this. We get this routinely <laughs> because – the longer the longer you work on amps, the more careless you become. Yeah, while the amp's on, I can change the part out. Sure. Occasionally, you slip, and it's like, um, uh, is is not so much the shock, but generally your first reaction is to recoil away from the amp. Right. So you you, you just pull your arms back as fast as you can. Well, the fact that you yank your arms back as fast as you can after you're like your shoulders are like, oh God, you know? <laughs> yeah. It's just the jerk, the jerk reaction. You mm -hmm. actually hurt yourself more with the jerk reaction than you do the, the actual shock. Yeah. Yeah. So. It's, it scares the crap out of you. Uh, yeah. It's, yeah. It's not pleasant. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but as far as biasing goes, uh, you know, you, you got to get yourself a, uh, ideally, you should get yourself a variac, so you can keep your wall voltage at the right voltage. So, in other words, uh, you set. Uh, so, if your wall voltage is not 120 volts, which probably isn't, um, you can either pull it down a little bit to make sure it's 120 volts, or raise it up a bit if it's not. And so, you should buy a set at 120 volts. Um, if that's what you're going for, you can also, there's a whole nother thing I'm not going to get into right now about biasing it. If you're going to use the Variac at like 90 volts or something, mm -hmm. you can bias that, the amp right. for, for the amp being at 90 volts. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, you can pick up a, on eBay, you can pick up a bias probe, the cheap one that goes in a meter, and you have to get yourself a multimeter. Mm -hmm. So you can make sure, you know, so you can measure measure it. Uh, or there's other bias, uh, different bias meters you can get that have a meter built in. And uh, just turn all your controls at zero on the amp. You don't need to have a speaker hooked up. Just put everything at zero, no input cable in it. And uh, put, put them in the sockets, put the tubes in. And if you have a bias probe with a meter, it will automatically read it for you. And you'll see what the number is. And... You got to know what that is. Um, mm -hmm. Generally, EL34 tubes, you're going to, generally speaking, bias it somewhere between 30 and 35 milliamps a tube. Um, 6L6 tubes are more like 35-ish, sometimes up a little higher. Um, uh, 6V6s are, generally speaking, somewhere around 25 milliamps, roughly, or 20 Depending, this is all dependent sort of what the voltage is in the amps too, but those are just broad guidelines there. So I'll say I was successful in biasing the Marshall amp that I have. Um, I tried to do it myself. 
I got I got all the things that you, you just listed. I had the bias probe and the multimeter and everything, and it was fine. I tried to do it on my Splawn amp uh, this past weekend or past week, mm-hmm. and I screwed it up, and something happened, and no output is coming from the amp anymore. So, mm-hmm. uh, well, so probably you probably ne- didn't necessarily screw it up. It probably blew a fuse or something. No, the fuse the, the fuse did blow, and then I got another fuse. And uh, yeah, the amp turned, no, the amp turned on, but no, no. Are both fuses good? I looked at the other fuse, and I, I couldn't tell whether it was bad or not. So there's probably something wrong with it. Uh, you know, I, I don't know. It was strange. It was strange. But I guess the the point I'm saying is, it's not just as easy as like, oh, I'm going to go on the internet and look this up and see. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's yeah, more. Yeah. There's more to know. There's more to know, and as much as I was successful in doing it once, uh, once I it started getting a bit more complex, or I couldn't try to diagnose something, I was like, "All right, I'm out of my element." So yeah, yeah, yeah. it could be it could be even a bad like preamp tube or something. So yeah, who knows? You know. Um, yeah. yeah. So I I brought it over to local tech, and they're working on it. So uh, we'll see what happens. It'll so, cost, it'll cost yeah. me more money. Cool. We'll see if it uh, if they say it's a bad power transformer. Don't oh. believe them if they say that. <laughs> it, it, it's about ninety nine percent sure that it's not. I would I would but be. I, I find that depending on the tech, depending on the so called tech, I I often find that, that the first thing they go for, yeah, I think it's a bad power transformer. I'm like, no, it's not. No way. <laughs> no. Well, thanks for that warning. Yeah. Hopefully, he won't tell me that. Yeah, the the power transformer should yeah. be fine on that amp. It's got to be something simple. Oh, you know the right. part that I for, I forgot to mention is remember I showed you that picture of the uh, the alignment pin being missing. Yeah. So when I put before I texted you when I put one of the tubes in there, I didn't put it in right. So when oh I turned, yeah, then it, it, you blew the fuse. Yeah. Right. That's, That's what, what happened. Yeah. And, and the tube started yeah. a red plate. Yeah, 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 yeah. You just had it in cockeye. That's why I was saying make sure it's in right. Yeah, so that that's what <laughs> that, that's what that's what happened. So maybe I blew the other fuse and who the hell knows, but Yeah. Uh, but so, so someone more... says, What do I think about Apex tube matching from C E? Mm-hmm. Um I don't know yet. Uh I might find out shortly though. Uh, I, I think I've used one set of those or something, and they seem good. We might talk to them about using some of their match tubes in our amps because uh, I continually have horrible problems lately. So um, we'll see. I don't. I don't have an opinion. On paper, it looks like a, a good deal, but uh, we'll see. Okay, interesting. I wasn't familiar with that. Apex tube yeah. matching. Mm-hmm. Cool. Uh, you guys were very generous tonight with your time. Uh, thank you very much for the show. A lot of good comments. So um, I don't see any other questions. So I guess we'll call it a night. I think that's it. Yeah. We'll call oh, there it. was there was one other question, which was: Is the Marsha the same as the BE? And I guess the the answer was yes, right? Um, uh, well, the, that's where it started. Yeah. Is yeah. it exactly the same? Uh, well, I mean, the basic circuit is, yeah, sure. The BE channel and the Marshall versus the BE channel. It's, it's basic, but some part components have changed over the years. 
Yeah. And yeah. I, and Pete has one of the first ones. He did said. have one of the first ones. Oh, he doesn't he doesn't have it anymore. No, 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 no. Yeah. No. Gotcha. That's cool. All right. Well, guys, we will be back next week. Um, Dave and I will be at NAM together. So we'll do some Facebook streaming and uh, hopefully we'll make some announcements on when we'll do that. And then we'll pick up uh, from there where our next show will be. And also we have podcasts. So if you go to iTunes or any of your favorite uh, podcast streaming services, you can look up Tone-Talk and find us. Okay, and uh, so you can listen in, in your car or wherever. And you can I've listen uploaded. to your car. Yeah, anywhere you're at. So I've uploaded all five episodes so far. I'll upload this one tomorrow um, for anybody. And uh, thanks again for watching and for listening in. Dave, thanks for your time, man. All right, thanks, everyone. Yeah, no problem. All right, See you guys. See you guys later. Have a great night. Enjoy. Talk to you later. <laughs>